Ladies and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, uh, coming to you live from Radio Television Studios here in Northwest Pennsylvania. Got a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. You know, the deep state is at war with the American people. Of course, we know that. The uh, Trump administration, at this point, I certainly believe, and I got, I'm going to talk to Joe about this on air a little bit. I believe that it reflects the will of the American people. We are seeing this war take uh, uh, take shape. And I think, and I have to tell you this, I think that one of the uh, shots in this war, one of the, one of the, uh, um, I don't even know if I would describe this as a battle, but maybe it could be. It, it will be, but I think this is just a shot, is the arrest of Imran Awan. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz's IT person, also uh, uh, 31 others, or actually more than that. But but the bottom line is other uh, congressman uh, congressman's uh, IT director. And, and I'm going to tell you why I'm mentioning this in a moment. Uh, but but that this is the most underreported, least uh, talked about story. The mainstream corporate media will not touch it in the depths or given the depths that it deserves. But tonight, we're going to spend the first, uh, first 30 talking about various news, important news items that involve the deep state, the war against the deep state, the war by the deep state. And then, we're, we're going to have three segments, 90 minutes with Dr. Tori Lindemann. Now, you heard Tori Two days ago. Now, generally, we don't bring guests on um, so close together unless there is. It's a serial type of a situation. When I say that, I'm not talking about the, you know Captain Crunch. I'm talking about the, uh, for example, um, the deep state and, and measures. However, Dr. Tori Lindemann has firsthand information. We're going to be talking about healthcare, and, and the reason I say this, or the, the reason this is so important, it has a lot to do. It has everything to do with the status of our country as a representative republic, not a democracy. Just you know, people say democracy, and and, and to, to your to you purists out there, all right, words do mean things. Just be careful how you how you talk to people when they say, "Well, it's you know, America's a great democracy." Or whatever, especially if they're still not up to speed with everything you know. Give them a little bit of, cut them a little bit of slack, Jack. All right, that's my view. Now you can explain the difference, but don't be too hard on them. Well, it's a democracy. You're an idiot. We've got a lot of teaching to do, don't we? All of us, you. I know you do. I do too. We all do. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, the and we, I want to thank you, thank each and every one of you, for your gracious, generous, constant, repetitive, which is necessary, 
uh, financial help that, that you've given us. And uh, the reason I want to thank you is because we're able to launch two new shows. Now, uh, we have uh, one show in the morning, mine. That's 9 to 10, Eastern Time, 6 to 7 on the West Coast. That's live every morning, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. West Coast, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. East Coast on the Global Star Radio Network and Blog Talk Radio. We're not going to put them up on YouTube. Directions to both shows, how to listen. I mean, Eric the Tech has made it so simple. You just go to HagmanReport.com, click on that box that says two new shows. It's over on the right-hand side. Click here to listen. Click that tab. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. Click the tab. Oh, you he can't. Sorry. He can, but it won't. It, it won't. Yeah, it doesn't work. So, anyway, from there, you've got all three shows, actually. Our primary mainstay, which is what we're doing tonight. And then my show and, and Joe and John's show. Now, here's a, a situation. Um, <laughs> you know... I gotta listen to Eric. I do. I, I, Doug thinks he knows more about technology than Eric the tech, right? That's a mistake. It's a mistake for anyone to make. Alright, so if you, if you happened, yeah, if you, <laughs> if you happened to tune into my daily show this morning, uh, what I heard in my earpiece when I was doing the, the, uh, the morning show, was just crystal clear fine audio. Just beautiful audio. I mean, it sang, it, birds were singing, the angels were singing, and little unicorns were running around the office. Well, now, what people were hearing were dropouts and cutouts. And the reason being is, Eric says to me, whatever you do, you see this button right here? Yeah, these series of buttons. Don't mess with those. Yeah. Well, I couldn't resist. I figured, what's, you know, what's the harm? Okay. So, that will be fixed, uh, tonight. But, you want me to run through the steps again? Eric the te- tech just said, go ahead and run through the steps. Sorry. To listen to the two new shows, go to HagmanReport.com if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this, you're thinking, man, this guy's repetitive. All right. So, so uh, go to HagmanReport.com. You see it on the screen there. Look for that beautiful black and red box right there. And see where it says click here to listen? Click here to listen. It's kind of like a Vanna White thing. Or, or hey, if, if you really don't like the box, you can go up and, and choose listen. It'll take you to the same place. There you go. Bang. Now look at that at the top. That's it. That's our, that's our first, that's our main show. And then the two shows by time. So the main show is on top. That's this show. And then the early morning show, that's my show because I get up early. That's first there. And then, (coughs) and then right there is Joe and John's show. But again, real quick, if you, if you, uh, tuned in live this morning and you were throwing stuff at your radio, 
computer, whatever. I, I, I understand. I apologize because it was an important topic. So that will be, that will be rectified tonight. So check back tomorrow now, or check back later, late, 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 late tonight or early tomorrow to listen to it. It was an important show. It was about Wasserman Schultz, the Awan brothers, and you won't, uh, you won't hear those pesky, nasty cutouts because Doug didn't listen to Eric and, um, he had to play with toys. All right. So tomorrow, and, and here's an, another piece. I'm going to turn it right over to Joe. Here's another piece of information. Tomorrow's show, 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the full case as if you were in a courtroom on Imran, Awan, his two brothers, their two wives, all the members of Congress, this coming from a number of sources, including but not limited to a contact I have made with the Capitol Police Department, who is not a happy camper. So you're going to have to tune in live tomorrow to hear that at 9 a.m., or you can download it afterwards. But I guarantee you, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. I've got some information that's just going to you know, blow your hair back. Eric said, I don't know if you, you guys can't hear that, probably. <laughs> if you want to listen live tomorrow, you go directly to Blog Talk. Just follow the steps. Or Global Star. Well, there's a reason. Right. There's a certain reason taking place here. Just follow the steps on the, on, on just follow what Eric just showed you. Um, so. That's that, but, 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 the, oh, and, you know, another thing, and, and then I'm gonna turn it over to you. So that, that's the show tomorrow. Uh, today's show will be fixed, and I apologize. I apologize to Todd, I, because Todd must have been, like, you know, going absolutely nuts. I'm sure he wanted to, like, throttle me. Because he was hearing what I wasn't hearing. And, and, and other people too, so I apologize. But, that'll be rectified, and, and uh, um tomorrow, a full exposure on the Awan Brothers, 9 o'clock. The, the scope of the, and, and how, how this connects to the deep state is going to be incredible. Um, so that's what I wanted to say. Joe, tomorrow you've got, you've got a great show. You and John have a great show at 2 o'clock. Yeah. And, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting dynamic and. It is. I, I, I like to listen to it. I, I, I listen to it. I do. It's funny because, uh, you know, John and I spend a lot of time on the phone anyway. You know, we spend about an hour a day on the phone. Doing different things, planning and, and working together to get stuff done. And then it's kind of transitioned into the show. And we get, you know, a diverse range of topics from the news and current events to just stuff going on in everyday life to today. We talked about, we took a deep look in the, in the entertainment world, some of the stuff that's been going on there from a number of, uh, suicides in the music industry. And, you know, we're talking about a, a conspiracy theory, uh, today that dealt with John Podesta and the, the Lincoln Park singer Chester Bennington. And that suicide, and we're going to continue to. We touched on it today. We're going to continue to talk about it tomorrow. But um, there's some interesting stuff that that uh, people are uncovering tomorrow. By the way, I don't know whether you heard this. There's supposed to be a big release of information tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I'm skeptical of those things. Yeah, I uh, am too. You know, we've seen promises made and people promises saying broken. that, yeah, that, you know, this information's incoming, or they give you the information and it turns out not to happen or not be true. But uh, it is good to pay attention to that stuff and talk about it. And you know, there's um. Some, you mentioned the Awan brothers. The, there's some things coming out. Uh, investigator Rod Wheeler 
uh-huh. on the Seth Rich murder said, uh-huh. follow the arrest of a one closely. That's right. Connect the dots to the other cases. This You're is just spoiling the beginning. What I'm going to say tomorrow. Okay, well, you, I, I apologize. D- 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 have you been talking with my source? No. No. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Because there is a there, there there is a definite overlay between well, well it's going to be interesting. Um, people are saying that oh I'm like, should I just stop because no I go ahead go ahead. People are saying that the Awan brothers were actually the DNC leak that led to the hacked Podesta emails and the Clinton emails and that potentially that was them uh, keeping good on a threat after trying to blackmail people and not getting paid that this is what they were able to do. Okay, and uh, but but it's unconfirmed but, it's speculation. But think about this. Let's say let's say you're going to burglarize a house. You and oh, I don't know, four of your closest friends. Let's say let's say you're going to do that because and take the jewels and gold and silver out of out of out of the house, right? One person maybe goes in. You got a wheelman. You got to look out. Yep, yep, yep. Everyone's got their jobs, right? One person keeps the, you know unlocks the door or gains entry. Another perhaps or, or casino. Uh, what was that? Uh, those Movies, casino, not Casino Royale, but uh, the casino movies. Ocean's Eleven. Oh, thank you very much. Ocean's, Ocean's 11. Eleven, whatever. Yeah, it's like a finely tuned machine. Enjoy, and folks, boy, please, please. I've been getting so many emails and seeing so many comments in the YouTube section. You have to have George Webb on. We've had him on. Okay, it's not. Yes, he, and he's done a lot of he's done a lot of great investigative work. Okay, we. we Trust me when I tell you, we've we've had them on. All you have to do is go back and look at our our um, the information. Now, you know, there's so many efforts to discredit uh, George Webb, and there's so many efforts to discredit everybody out there. And everybody's a Mossad agent. Everybody's a Jesuit. Everybody's a what? Uh, you know, a disinformation agent. Everybody's yeah. just controlled horrible. opposition. Yeah, there you are. Control. You know, Alex Jones is a is really married to a. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I'm not going to say it because it's so detestable out there. It really is. The uh, the the what we're seeing, I think, is the members, certain members of the um, alternative media. Uh, so some are absolutely detestable, but you've got some stellar people like uh, Tory Lind- Tory Lindman. You've got uh, uh, Liz Crokin, uh, the Honeybee. By the way, uh, message received on on. Melissa, we're going to check to make sure she's fine. Okay, I know that there's some concern out there. Yes, we do read the YouTube comments. Yes, we delete some, especially when it's nothing but profanity. Um, actually, we've got filters, as many filters as we can in place. So if you, you know, do that. I never read uh, the comments unless uh-huh. something's drawn to our attention or somebody says, hey, you got to look at this. I don't well, even bother with them. Not that I don't want to know what's there, but... We don't have time to read every thought no, of every poster no, who no. comments under the video, and a lot no. of times it is just people messing around or, you know, whatever. And there was great stuff There's in there too. A lot of bots, yeah. But, but we do take the suggestions seriously, and, and which brings me to the uh, question: Is my voice like tonight via this microphone? Is this lower? Am I lower because I am talking at that? You know, I'm, although I'm using my in- inside voice. Remember that. Yeah, uh, people are saying you know you're you're mumbling you're you're I can't hear you, to me. So I don't know. I, what here or on the other? No here. here. Okay. Okay. So far so good. That's good. And I do want to thank, but but going back to the thank yous, I really want to thank thank our our the people who have helped us financially. 
you have no idea how much that's helped. But we're reaching more people. And I even got a message from a member of Congress who asked, and this is, I'm not kidding, the member of Congress, the U.S. Congress, not state, but U.S., actually saying, you know, just don't tell, please don't say who I am on air. Uh, but we're actually listening to our reports on two issues. When we first began with the Awan brothers, that's number one. This is a Republican member, by the way. And the second issue is the uh, Pizzagate, believe it or not, or things related to Pizzagate. Yeah, go figure, right? So it, it's interesting. Um, I'm I'm happy that this person. Notice there is no pronoun used there. This person. Uh, I thought it was a joke at first. Contacted us, but nonetheless. So all of this, but thank you because your support keeps us on the air. There's bandwidth costs. There's fees. There's uh, I mean, you just have no idea. You got no idea. Well, I, we had no idea how much it costs. I I was I was hitting Joe up for five bucks for coffee, and, and Joe like, don't have bucks. it. And Joe don't. He's yeah, Joe's got <laughs> He ain't got it. But but you know, in all honesty. Here we are, by the way, here we are at the end of July. Joe, let me ask you, did you think, uh, I, in a way, I thought there would be more chaos, visible chaos by this no, time. No, about right in my mind. In uh, your mind? You, you, okay. The media is still a little hyperactive, but I believe that, um, you know, with the Antifa stuff, I knew that was going to die down. Many people were saying it was going to be a... Uh, what the hot summer? With, yes, with I the, believe that. With the summer of riots and, and disruption, but and these people wrong. ran out of steam. They ran out of gas. They don't have the support that they thought they had from the people. The only support they have is from the, you know, the insane, trendy liberals in in New York City and California, in parts of California, and the mainstream media and the Hollywood and political types. They don't have the support of anybody who who you know gets up every day, goes to work. Nobody. Who's going to support, who in America, who's so busy working to keep a roof over their head, food on their table, is going to support a bunch of, uh, uh, what do you call them, anarchists who don't work, who are just, you know, running around causing destruction all over the the city, trying to to wrap it up in some kind of political (laughs) message. Uh, I don't believe for a second that American people would put up with that. In fact, I believe if it were to continue the way it did, that the American people would actually get out there and put these people down before the police would. So I'm not surprised by the lack of... um, of craziness out there. Wow. It, it might come wow. at some point with the right event. Uh, You've actually been on, on balance this year. Joe has actually been more accurate than me with his assessments of events. What am I doing wrong? Ladies, help me. I don't know about that, but... No, I'm serious. What happens from, is... From the, the, why do I say ladies help me? Well, because they've got great intuition. I, I think women have fantastic intuition and sense, but... Not that, that you're part of this, but people get wrapped up in the, you know, when things happen, like the Berkeley yeah. uh, riot. I mean, that's still stuff's still going on, but where's the media coverage? They don't show, you know, two weeks ago, another conservative speaker was, was blocked and, and protests uh, stopped this from the, the speaker from happening. You didn't get the same media attention, so the people aren't really paying attention to it, and it's not being sensationalized the way it was a few months back or after the inauguration of Trump. So it, this is why it's so important not to get caught up in the, media cycle or base our future predictions on what the the media is spinning today or, or yesterday or tomorrow because the media only creates a new cycle and those new cycles go away very fast 
and we got to look for the the baseline of what's happening inside and outside of those news cycles. Very well spoken. And people get caught up in those news cycles and think, you know, oh goodness, uh, you know, dropping the stock market for 500 points today. Tomorrow it's going to be down, you know, 1500 and you get a lot of that. So that kind of leads into the speculation of why things are you, you know, exactly. Differently, exactly. I and I, and I think sometimes we get sometimes especially when I don't get enough sleep, I get I get kind of punchy and I look at the um I I, I see the the the, the bad more than the good I, it, and it kind of affects the way I think anybody in the news sees the bad more than the good well I promise. yeah I guess but by the way I got an email I don't pay five dollars for a cup of coffee I don't do that what I meant to say was it, it was it was an example it was a frumpy example uh, I'm one of these guys that uh, I like my coffee just just a cup of brewed coffee and the story I don't need You've been a, known to hit the Starbucks well, here and okay. there. Okay, and, and at conferences... It's been better lately, though. But at conferences, sure. Um, I'll treat myself to, you know, a, a, a mocha, you know, hot mocha with a, a $5 like, coffee. Triple, <laughs> triple espresso inside. But that's only once in a while. But no, I, generally speaking, I like my coffee just black or with a little bit of cream. Uh, by the way, most sociopaths. The study came out. Sociopaths drink their coffee black. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm telling you. Not to so, interrupt you, but just a quick word from John. He said, "Please announce, Honeybee is physically okay. She's under serious lawfare. We <laughs> just got off the phone with her. She's coming on this Friday, the 28th." Okay, and, and, and see, we, uh, Melissa, we love you. We are in your corner, uh, Angela, Warren. We love you. We're in your corner. These ladies who have more guts and, and, and frankly, excuse the expression, more balls than the guys do, put their, their, their selves on the line and go out there and, and fight like you can't believe. I have a lot of respect for the fight that they've got. And, uh, glad to know, Melissa, if you're listening, glad to know you're okay. We understand lawfare. I understand it very intimately, given the fact that both Steve Quayle and myself are, and I'm going to say this again, are co-defendants in a multi-million dollar lawsuit that we've already lost out-of-pocket expense, just tens of thousands of dollars. You're talking about a frivolous lawsuit, too. But, but, but you know, if, if, I took, if I showed you the filings, if I put the filings right in front of me, and, and I'm not going to do this. I can't. I'm not allowed to talk about this, by the way. But, but I don't listen. Just that scary. Um, so if I put the filings in front of me, it would go from this the, this counter right here. You wouldn't see me. That's the filings. And you know what? We haven't even gotten out of the starting gate yet. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and he knows. And he sees me like you know putting. Yeah, I read the lawsuit walls. when we got it first, and I couldn't understand how it even got to the point where it was allowed to be filed, but. Well, I guess what are you going to do? But, but, but see, but I got to tell you this. You know, it's interesting because uh, I, I spoke about this yesterday. Because if you could sue for that, show. anybody could sue anybody for anything, but, literally. But, but you know, James Comey, listen to this. James, you know how James Comey got Martha Stewart? Uh, James Comey prosecuted Martha Stewart. Do you know what Mar- Mar- What, for insider trading? Was that what her charges? The, 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 the initial charges were, inside, were for insider trading. But you know what really got her? You know what Comey got her on? She goes out on the radio and on TV saying that she is absolutely innocent. These were trumped up charges. Comey says, you are doing that. You are, you are positive. You are, uh, improving the price of your stock of your company by doing that. 
So therefore, <laughs> you are interfering with our investigation, or you're actually capitalizing. Uh, it was it was an obstruction of justice charge related to obstruction of justice, basically. Can you believe that? So that's how James Comey got Martha Stewart, because she was saying, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. And he was saying, and, I wish and, I was stronger. And that was impacting, impacting the value of her stock. And, and that's how she, that's, that's what they got her on. That's what, so lawfare, Melissa, we're behind you. I'm going to tell you whatever you need, kiddo. And Liz Crokin as well. Her website's coming, is coming up great, lizcroken.com soon to be released, uh, uh, and all the other formidable uh, allies in this war that we're fighting. Joe, go ahead, sir. I, I capitalize this. No, that's all right. Um, not enough time to get into some of the, I guess, more newsworthy items, but I got a piece here that I think is very interesting. How many people are familiar with the self-proclaimed fact-checking website Snopes? Snopes.com. Well, they're apparently... Oh, pick me! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hookers, lies, and fraud. This is a WorldNet Daily article about Snopes. Snopes in danger of closing doors. Uh, this is a, they're on the verge of financial collapse. Since one of its founders have been accused of using company cash to fund his divorce, his contentious divorce, story, pay for you know fancy that. vacations, and, is it? Well, I mean, th- that news came out like, uh, last year. Uh, okay, this was published one hour ago. Okay. But who, who's the publisher? WorldNet Daily by a, uh, Chelsea Schilling. She's a great, uh, WorldNet Daily, WND, uh, great. But yeah, Snopes, uh, the Mickelsons, the former Mickelsons, now yep. Mickelsons plus one. David Mines. Mickelson, um, launched a crowdfunding website to solicit donations. According to the Daily Mail, readers contributed more than $500,000 in just the first 24 hours. Uh, WorldNet Daily is reporting Snopes.com, a website that's been around since 95, is sometimes cited by other fact-checking sites to support their claims. But if anybody's looked at Snopes for fact-checking, you're in the wrong place, that's for sure. Anyway, what's going on with Snopes? Would it be good for them to go out of business? I say yes, get them, get them out of here. But another company would inevitably just step into its place and be given the same kind of credibility by the media and the other uh, left-wing sites Regardless of what information is right or wrong on their site, they'll just be given, you know, the title of fact-checking uh, blindly. But um, it would be good to see Snopes go down. Not that I advocate, you know, having businesses fail, but when you're doing it, the wrong things for the wrong reasons, I have no no qualms about seeing them go bye-bye. Folks, we're going to be right back with Dr. Tori Lindemann on the other side. We're going to be getting into a number of issues uh, from healthcare. Is where we're going to start. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of end-times fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. 
extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Wink Reviews boldly states, fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome, folks, to this edition of the Hagman Report. Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman, right here at Global Star Radio Network, live, BTR, as well as YouTube, where you can see us. Oh, no, get the blue dots, the William Kennedy Smith blue dots. Remember that? Before we before we get to the guest, I yeah. want to, something we forgot to do last segment. Yes, we did. Is, uh, we're asking people who have listened to the other shows, the Doug Hagman Show from 9 to 10, or the Hagman Daily Show from 2 to 3, to send feedback. Good, bad, or ugly, or otherwise, doesn't matter. We just want to know what you guys think as we continue to roll out these new shows. And it's important to know um, where we're, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what we can change, if anything. Yeah, and, we'll do uh, this for you. And, and do not send uh, anything. To, I was gonna, I was gonna say. Uh, never mind. Happen anyway. Never mind. Just, uh, we we don't get feed the fire. Yes, yeah, so some of the some of the packages we get here. Um, we have to have, uh, we have to open them in a different room. You get the idea. Uh, yeah, uh, you met someone this week who is an absolute certifiable genius. What'd you think I was going to say? Uh, Dr. Tori Lindemann. Tori. She speaks like 27,000 languages. I mean, she writes and uh, she, this woman is unbelievable in terms of her bona fides, her resume, uh, and 
if you listen to that interview, and I hope you did, it was on Monday, and it'll be up by itself uh, in its own. I've just been behind uh, working that 41-year-old murder case, by the way, so I've been kind of tied up consulting on that. But um, it's going to be up on its own here tomorrow at the latest. But you've noticed that uh, she talked about the deep state without even without even mentioning the deep state. This is a woman that, that has great knowledge of the Internet, great knowledge of the the dark web, and... Great. In fact, I've, I've got to ask her some questions off air, uh, where I'm having some problems in that in that arena. She can help me. But having said all of that, she's just a uh, an intelligent, tenacious, fearless investigative, uh, just an, inve- an investigator that that's just really understands things. Tonight we're going to be talking about healthcare, um, I, among other things, perhaps, but. Let's bring her on, Joe, and uh, that's why we have uh, Tori. Do you mind reintroducing yourself to our, our listeners and viewers? Yeah, so everybody can just call me Tori. I, um, I, I, what I do and what I've been advocating for a few years now um, is done purely out of uh, trying to open people's eyes and see past uh, what we're taught to think is correct, um, giving guidelines. Um, so I'm not here to educate. I'm here to help you see, have that aha moment and realize how all the dots connect. I mean, that's my talent, seeing patterns. So um, this is something that, you know, it, you just need that click. So let's just leave it there. I mean, from military to linguistics to healthcare, circling back to linguistics as well, um, you know, that's helped me through my life and experiences to be able to easily uh, uh, connect the dots and hopefully help people understand and make sense of this madness and chaos that is uh, uh, that we see today. Boy, we need that more than ever, and you're the person to do that. You're just the person to do that. And, yes. and but, Go ahead. No, I, I just I, I cannot I can't stress enough for people to listen very closely to what is said. And perhaps what is not said, but certainly suggested during this this interview, um, Tori, where do we start in this vast discussion of healthcare? Of well, I, I don't want to limit it to well. What would you call this discussion? And that's a strange question coming from the host of a show. Um, what are we going to get into tonight? What are we going to look at specifically? Look at tonight. Well, what I hope that we do is that I point out things that I'm sure many of the viewers, I'm sorry, I took my glasses off because I can see that there's a glare from my computer and that's distracting. Um, what I'd like us to do is kind of uh, me point out things that all of us have seen happening, have, have met, have seen and understand why they're happening. That way you can protect yourself from falling into these healthcare slash health care insurance traps and um, keep yourself safe and healthy um, to the extent that you can because again um, the deep state or the bottom line as I like to call it is uh, so intricate uh, that trying to untangle it it's it's worse than Christmas lights when you're taking them off a tree uh, you know you're just it's a never-ending web of connected to this connected to that but the bottom line is let's just see how we can keep ourselves safe uh, and let's just see how we can keep ourselves uh, 
protected um, and aware. I mean, that's all we can do right now is just be aware. Okay. That, <laughs> so, that's, that, that's fair enough. Okay. I, I heard what you said about um, Melissa, and um, I'd love to invite her to uh, the Greek-American community. I've spoken about her work in regards to Pizzagate uh, and any help she needs from us. Uh, the Greek-American community, we're 100% behind her. Uh, anything she needs. Uh, we follow her work and many others, uh, and this is a, a very important uh, topic for many people, uh, specifically the Greek church lately, uh, looking into it too. So you have our support, Melissa. I just wanted to tell her that in case she's listening. Oh, God bless you. Thank you. And I know she appreciates it. And it's amazing how members of the new media, uh, this media, this 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 a community come together, rally together as as we should, and assist one another. Because if you put out an SOS or someone else does, we want to know about it. We want to be there, and you're very generous and very kind for doing so. All right, let's get right into the topic, uh, uh, Tori. Let's let's. I, but I'm not even sure where to start because you're the pattern recognition specialist. You're the um, you've looked at healthcare. You've looked at the entire scope of things. You know where to start. Let's just let's just start. Let's have a discussion. All right. So um, I think maybe we can start from current events. How's that? Sounds like good. today, Perfect. today Donald Trump uh, made the announcement that transgenders have no business in our military. Correct. Right. Well, I'd like to touch base on that. This is not an attack on the LGBT community. Okay. I want everyone to be aware of that. Uh, this is. Uh, Something that makes sense and from the point and perspective of healthcare because you cannot be an active member of the military armed forces, uh, to be deployed and go to war when you're dependent on medication. Because I, uh, as, you know, I can't even fathom what it feels like to be transgendered. I can only speculate, um, from patients that I've met, uh, from people that I've met, friends and extended family, uh, that, uh, suffer I can't even imagine feeling trapped in another person's body. I, I hear a lot of people saying it's a psychiatric disorder, but he's not looking at it from that perspective. He's looking at it from the perspective, you need medications to maintain your change or, you know, that you've already had before joining or during the change, which is a very costly. But on top of that, when you're in the war zone, what happens when you don't get your hormones? I mean, just think what hormones do. Has anyone been around a pregnant woman? We have to understand that, that, that it's a medication issue, not that we don't value them. And if they'd like to serve their country, they can do it at a desk job at the Department of Defense. No one is discriminating them against them for not being qualified as a person, but not qualified from a medical perspective. Simple. You can't go into the military with a heart murmur. I mean, you don't hear them victimizing um, themselves for it. So I just thought I'd start that off um, and say, you know, um, I, our president needs more prayer than anything right now with the attacks going on and all these ACLU lawyers asking for transgenders that want to join or can't join so they can attack him on another matter. So I just thought I'd put it out there, filter through the fake news. It's not about being a psychological disorder or, you know, a spiritual thing. He's a businessman. And I'm just saying from a fiscal perspective, that makes sense. You just can't do it because sometimes you can't get medications in the battlefield. 
So I thought I'd just right. throw that out there. From well, you know, there's a lot to consider on this topic, and there is a a former Navy SEAL uh, named Kristen Beck who's saying, you know, tell me to my face that I'm not worthy to be in the military. But the and some news media is running with this story. At the same time, this is a, a person who's been retired for a while and doesn't have any future in in the military or in the the at this time. And this was something that was done after their service anyway. And you're going to see things like this uh, continue to, to go in the media. We saw today Nancy Pelosi saying, you know, your hatred is not going to uh, you know be better than our pride or whatever. Uh, I'm paraphrasing what she said, but we see a lot of uh, hatred will never defeat pride, is what Pelosi said. But it is a matter of fact, as a matter of science, just what you said. There are a lot of things that people need to consider uh, to understand that, and it's not just about discriminating against transgender people. It has to do with all the other people in that unit who need to be able to trust this person, trust their ability to do things as much as, as they can. And when something like this, uh, whether it is a chemical imbalance, a mental disorder, or even just point of preference, I think it's enough to uh, lead, to put pause on, on sending people like this out to the battlefield. And as you said, there are many other areas in which people like this could could operate in, in in the military if they really wanted to. But you can't have that instability there in units that are on the ground, you know, in life threatening operations on a day to day basis, and not be worried and and have to focus on your. If you're worried about the people around you, you're not going to be able to focus on your mission. And I think that psych uh, mentality is part of what uh, Trump is the reason why Trump's doing what he's doing. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, this is just another ploy for them to attack our president and consider him biased in some other way. So this is just another new attack. I just, you know, uh, personally, like I said, I, you know, if you take out my personal beliefs and, you know, it's science, but, you know, science doesn't apply unless it's climate change. Um, we have two genders, that's the way it is. But when you put that uniform on, I don't care what you do at night when you take it off. Um, but I do care if while you're in that uniform, you are dependent on medication. That's something we can't have in the military. There's a lot of people that get disqualified annually for other um, issues and dependencies on statins or, you know, different medications. You know, there's waivers, but... I just wanted to point that out. It's a healthcare concern because, you know, when you're a soldier, you're a responsibility. And if I can't give you your medication in the field, then you put your whole, you know, squad, battalion, everyone around you at risk. So, but, but Tori, can I ask? Yeah. I mean, is the number that great to even even really bother with? Are we talking? Uh, to me, there can't be more than a few hundred. Exactly. I mean, the transgender community is like 0.6%. No, that's the LGBT. But, I mean, most of them don't even go through a gender transition till their late 20s. So, you know, um, and they're not interested in joining the military. They're interested in finding themselves uh, is, is, is what they say. I mean, for me, being a person of logic, fact, and hard lines, I find it really difficult to appreciate their position, but I have to acknowledge their position and try to relate to it because that's what any good science, scientist does. You try to see their perspective, you appreciate their perspective, but I, unfortunately I can't relate to it because, you know, most of them don't feel like putting weapons on and going anywhere. I mean, they don't even know who they are yet. How are they going to support our country? Uh, you know, but regardless of my opinion, fact is fact. You need medications. You can't have it on the field. 
So you can't be a soldier, just like the other guy with asthma who needs his asthma pump can't be on the field. So it's 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 um very disheartening to see uh the fake news just propelling through with this and um trying to go forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, um uh so I, I thought, you know, um I I'd start today with just um pointing out one thing that I'm sure everybody can acknowledge to be a true fact that hasn't been really stated that our healthcare is really isn't just healthcare. It's not going to the doctor, getting treated, and going. It's it's actually health insurance care. So health, wait, because there is a distinction with the difference here: healthcare versus health insurance care. Correct. Your your healthcare is the actual, obviously by definition, healthcare is the actual care given by a physician or a medical uh, practitioner. Health insurance care is the same thing, but in 2017. Okay. Okay. So where I'm going to go with this is that, um, you know, many of these insurance companies now are so far entrenched in our health care that they dictate what doctor you can see, who you cannot see, what medications you can take. I mean, as a physician, they might say, I want you to take this medication. And the insurance says, well, I'm not covering it. You need to try this one first. Uh, that's that's uh, I want people to understand. We no longer have health care. We have health care insurance care. So it goes through the insurance in order for you to receive the care. I just want to point that out. And I'm sure all of us know that already. We just haven't said it out loud. Okay, yes. Now, there's an exception, a couple of exceptions that I know in, in our town. Uh, we've got two doctors uh, that have, uh, they don't even take insurance. It's... Uh, uh, I know cash only, basically cash or check, and they will put you up on an installment plan. Um, but that's that's rare, I guess. And I'm just waiting for some hammer to drop on them uh, by the some government agency saying they can't do that. But that's just me. Hmm. Yeah, it, most of them are protected by state law, but that's the best care you're going to get, actually. Oh yeah. You're not for to turn and burn. Yeah. And you're not going to look at their insurance and say, what kind of insurance do they have? All right, let's run all these tests because it's good. Right. Um, but um, I want everyone to know that from day one that you have had health insurance, you have a file. Uh, you have this file that goes from one insurance to another, kind of like your auto insurance. Uh, your auto insurance kind of says uh, how good of a driver you are. Your health insurance says how much of a risk you are. Now, that's illegal. Good but, it happens. but it happens. And I filed many um, complaints to the DOJ uh, from 2008, from the time that I came stateside and saw it a couple months later, on behalf of population over 65, on behalf of minors from zero to whatever, just a really broad spectrum because it it's, it's to everyone. They have a file. I mean, we have to understand that they're documenting us. Again, circling back to the, we're the commodity. That reflects our ability to function or produce or contribute to the society. And uh, your health insurance has been compiling this information from day one, um, which is shocking to some. And some people are like, well, I have nothing to hide. Well, you know, you kind of should because you're the commodity and that's your reflection. 
And I'm going to say something that was on the news today, something that I spoke about maybe four years ago. Uh, and um, going back to my CDC time, <laughs> that um, men now are found there's a great increase in male infertility. Did you guys hear about that today? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Yep. And I'm going back to the vaccines with hidden, you know, Easter eggs, as we say in the video gaming world. Mm. People just don't seem to understand what kind of control is going through. And healthcare insurance is their point of contact. How? Is healthcare insurance and healthcare, they're supposed to be separate. But you, have you ever read one of those consent to treat forms? Um, no. Frankly, okay. no. They give you a summary and they just tell you sign it. It just says, um, I want to, I accept you giving me treatment for whatever I have and that I take economic responsibility or you can file, you know, against my insurance. That's what they tell you, right? Right. And here's where the funny part kicks in. If you actually ask for a copy of the list, the whole booklet, because it's a booklet, it looks like, you know, the, the, the Affordable Care Act. It's huge at some hospitals like Mass General, Johns Hopkins, UC Davis. I mean, it's just massive. And inside it says, we have the right to retain any DNA that we have taken from you for research purposes and we're going to follow HIPAA laws and making sure that your identity is kept secret when we distribute that, uh, distribute your information as federal guidelines outline. You know, it's a lot of verbiage. If you look into it, while you're in the hospital, they are allowed to take photos of you and keep photos of you on file for at least seven years and some of them, uh, some of them in perpetuity, right, forever. Um, uh, keep your DNA on file. Um, they have your identity and your DNA information and all your other information connected, but they can share that to research groups as yep. long as HIPAA allows. Advertising agencies. It, um, there is a packet, the, the place that we go to up here, uh, it's like a network, and um, the UPMC network. And after the ACA, I'm not sure when it happened, but... Uh, a few times I had to have a, a, a minor procedure on my back and they had these new packets and it lays out, you know, it's the patient's rights packet, uh, packet of information. But when you read it, it basically says you're not entitled to anything in your medical records, but anything that they decide to do with it for any reason or any purpose, they're allowed to. And I'm just, you know, boiling it down to a very, uh, and, and you said something about taking pictures too, just to kind of hop on here too. When my wife had major abdominal surgery, um, the surgeon came out and, and actually showed me pictures. Yeah, we never, I've never seen that before. Uh, it, it blew, it blew my mind where I could actually see. They showed it pictures opened up, of her opened up. Yeah. yeah. On the operating table. Yeah. Which, on a phone. Not on a camera or, you know, bringing around dis- a pad that belongs to the hospital. On the, on the nurses or whoever's phone. Yeah. What was it? It was the surgeon. But she was kind. She said, would you like to see what we did? Uh, Okay. Well, here. And it's, wow. But anyway, I digress. No, you hit the nail on the head. Because we take videos, too. You're in your room sleeping. We still take videos. The charting the nurse does, it says, you slept this much and this much. 
everything, all of that is compiled into one huge file under your name and unfortunately your social security number that you so wholeheartedly provide to healthcare institutions that they have no right to. All they need is your, in, your, uh, health insurance, in, excuse me, health insurance information and your driver's license. I mean, not even your driver's license, just your address. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing what, what, um, these, uh, networks, these health insurance and even the hospitals are able to get away with, specifically with the HIPAA laws out there. And it seems like, like um, they don't even follow those if you read through their information. Um, they follow them in regards maybe when you're there or when you're involved in the, uh, you know, sending or get trying to share information. But when you're out of that picture, uh, it's no holds barred. Anything goes and we can do whatever we want with your info, whether we sell it, give it away. Uh, if the government asks for it, all that's up on the table. And that's all in those packets. If, if folks, if you read through those, um, it's very telling. Yes. And, and this is why people need to understand just how organized you know, the bottom line is because kind of what I was trying to put out uh, the, the last time I was here was I want you to think of the bottom line or whoever is ultimately in charge of all these things as the head of an octopus with eight arms. One arm is your health care, and, and that is one of the most significant arms. The other arm is immigration, how you flux the commodities in and out. So health care is one of the biggest arms. Because now it enters into our, it, it falls and it spills over into our financials. It spills over to our taxes and it fills, and it spills over to genetics. Uh, and why I'm bringing it back here, eugenics, oh. the survival of the fittest. You have to understand that when we have scores under us, it is to determine how your DNA pool is against other DNA pools. And I know that we have laws saying that we can't use DNA to discriminate, etc., but, you know, all these nice advertisements of wouldn't you want to know where you're going, you know, where you're from and what country or nation, you know, where that lady was like, oh, I thought I was, Yeah, you the know, ancestry. Yes, and and 23andMe and all of them, um, you know, they all get in. And now they've even taken it to the next level, which is the mitochondrial take, um, which is even deeper because a mitochondria, and I've been, and that was my focus when I was uh, getting together my research is the mitochondria. It's that DNA that's actually bacterial that runs everything. I mean, it is the battery of our body, but that sets the tone for your diseases, sets the tone for your longevity, and sets the tone for your ability to extend your telomeres or how long they are short. So now they're taking it to another level, and now they're advertising, hey, wouldn't you want to know what your genetic age is? You know, have you seen that advertisement around? No, no. That, no, I haven't seen that. You want telomere something, they're called. I saw it running across on CNN, of course. Um <laughs> To join in and just volunteer this information to see you answer a bunch of questions about your lifestyle and then they take your DNA and they tell you oh you know your telomeres guys so you understand and I this is why it's so difficult sometimes for me to convey my message because you know I talk to my colleagues or or patients or people and different so I'll just make it as simple as possible uh, we all know what a gene looks like, right? Let's just pretend. It's got feet. Um, those feet have um, caps. 
let's pretend they're caps, like on the end of a matchstick. Now, the length of those matchsticks depict how long you're going to live. Because when you're at the end and there's only a sliver of that red that you see on a matchstick, you're about, you have one foot in the grave. You're almost done. Uh, so those tell you a lot. And from a young age, you can see how long they are and how, and, 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 and how they function on that. Boy, oh, hold it right there. Uh, yeah, we gotta pick up. What a cliffhanger. Yeah. I, I want to hear more about this because I've never heard about this oh, before. Oh boy. Folks, we are talking with Dr. Tori Lindenman. And she's going to be with us through the next hour. We're talking about a number of different uh, facets of healthcare, and you know, from insurance to the actual collecting of records. We might even get into the computerization of records in different uh, areas wow. that healthcare and technology might be taking us. But we got a lot more to get into, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to this edition of the Hagman Report with Dr. Tori Lindemann is our guest again. She'll be with us through the next hour, and then Pastor Langford in hour number three. We'll be right back after these short messages. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. But what Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, 6 AA batteries off the grid. When other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night, go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport because it's so efficient it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire so don't rely on gas or fuel stoves prepare your family prepare for yourself order a minuteman rocket stove today it's going to make bad times much better folks minutemanstove.com minutemanstove.com need i say more you should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an ammo can. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. 
Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. PreciousTimberProfits.com. This information is so important, we are going to forgo the bottom of the hour break, keep Dr. Tori Lindemann uh, right at the microphone the entire time. This is absolutely incredible information that you need to know, and uh, we're so blessed to have Dr. Tori Lindemann as our guest. Before you get back to her, folks, WND Superstore, superstore superstore.wnd.com, superstore.wnd.com, promo code Hagman, anything there. Just use our promo code Hagman, and they'll treat you right. WND Superstore, you can get a lot of great merchandise, a lot of great books. Uh, we partnered up with them. They're great people. WND Superstore, promo code Hagman. Make sure you bookmark that and uh, check out all of the books and all of the uh, uh, items that they have there, Joe. And one great thing about that, that partnership is the fact that not only do you get the, the books there, and anything else that you want to buy, but we're they're also sending a lot of these authors our way to be interviewed on the show, and it, it's uh it's great to see the uh, new guests pouring in who who uh, have books out with WorldNet Daily or otherwise. Uh, they've brought a lot of content, great content to the show. So if you like what you hear with that, make sure you support WorldNet Daily and us uh, by purchasing the books with the promo code Hagman. We are talking with Dr. Tori Lindemann. And right before the break, we uh, got into a little area, very interesting conversation about the ability of uh, the technological ability to break down DNA to the extent where, as you were just saying, uh, Dr. Tori, that they can have a good idea of how long you're going to live based on what it says in your DNA. Yeah, exactly how long you're going to live, actually. You get plus or minus a couple years, depending if you change your diet or, you know, um, start suddenly... Uh, I don't know, getting into Tai Chi or something. Uh, so the standard deviation is about five years. Okay. Minus any Some of that's disturbing to me. I just, so, so do they know this already? If you, for example, you go in the hospital, you have an operation, whatever it might be, tomorrow uh, you have an operation or, or a procedure done, they collect your DNA. Is that automatically done or is that something that, or what? That- that's done retroactively, okay? So um, when you go to a hospital, uh, they put your information on their system. So the nurse or the patient clerical assistant or the doctor that's dealing with your information just charts the way they should chart as they're taught because they have to put in everything, right? Did they sleep? Did they, you know, do their business? Did they eat? But they also, that chart, then when you're done, is in a cloud that's accessed by other divisions of this bottom line arm of healthcare. And that's where they connect all your health profiles that you've gone to any single doctor collectively. Now, there they have blood samples and they can pull the information or request further samples. If you've been flagged 
you won't even know that the sample is going out. I mean, even the people in the labs just know that if this comes up, you need to just put an extra vial and put it on the side. So um, you don't, you know, and they're not told what it's for. They're just like, oh, it's extra just in case. Have you ever given blood? And they're like, oh, we just need, we just take a little bit more just in case. Have you ever had that done? Nobody wants my blood, Tori. Well, whenever you get a test, they might say just a little bit more to grow on, right? They do that sometimes, and that's for that purpose. Um, because when you're running a test, you know, in the little vials, you really don't need to fully fill them. You know, a simple drop will do if you're right. looking. So I'm just saying, you know, under a scope, if you're looking or if you're putting it in a medium, you don't need much. The much is for the stuff that very few people are privy to. And again, circling back to the telomeres, this is why health insurance is also tied with life insurance, which is thanks again to the Obamacare um, that we've been presented because the Affordable Care Act ties them in that too. That's um, that's very interesting. That explains why my life insurance premium went up, you know, a thousand percent. I'm kidding, but okay, no. wow. They- but yeah, your telomeres, like I said, I want people to envision a matchstick and the tip that's red. And as you age, that tip gets smaller. And depending on how good the end of the matchstick is or how long it was in the first place is how long you have left to live and the rate that it will go. And like I said, I'm actually delving into this research come August with another um, a friend of mine where we will find a method to actually, um, I, I guess, make them more turgid or literally extend them. Um, and that, that, that can only be done though in a few people because they have to have the genetics. This is where eugenics kicks in. And Obamacare gave the free pass for them to try out all these new things on our over 65 population. Okay. Now, now it's a party. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So first things first, I want everyone to know. That I am devastated that no one in the media or anyone talking about Obamacare has even touched upon the fact that the biggest slap in the face in regards to healthcare access has been to our elderly or people, you know, that are, uh, 55 to 65. Okay. And why I say 55 is because suddenly at the age of 55, they want you doing all these tests, right? Yes. And you're just like, my father didn't do that when he was 55. They want you to get vaccinations for pneumonia. And you're just willingly going ahead with it. You're like, yeah, that's my doctor. I trust them. So before I start on that, I want to make note on something, and I want you guys to understand how insurances pay doctors and why you can only see a few doctors, why you can, you know, and everything. When you start your practice, there is a negotiation process, okay? So I, Aetna comes to me and says, uh, we're only going to pay you $100 to see a patient. And I agree or disagree. And that depicts if I take it. Then, uh, you know, another insurance company comes to me and says, I'll offer you $250. All right, I'll take it. But if you only take my patients and nobody else, then I'll offer you $300. I'll take it. This is how contracts are negotiated. I want you guys to keep in mind that doctors get kickbacks from the medicines they prescribe to the insurances that they accept, and to any government program that they subscribe to, okay? Um, and it sounds really bad to say, but you really can't trust your doctor because they've got an incentive. I mean, do you trust your insurance guy when he's going to make money off of you? Or the car salesman? Mm. 
You don't trust your salesman, right? Right. And this guy is just selling you a plan. Well, the doctor is supposed to sell you health, and unfortunately, you can't really trust doctors these days. They're trained like that. Rules, rules, rules. What? You have a patient database of 100 patients, and, you know, 25% of them are unvaccinated. Boom. Here's a fine for not abiding. Okay. Now, let me let me go back just a tad here. So, annual mammograms uh, on a- asymptomatic patients and no family history. Annual uh, uh, colonoscopies, which appears to be the flavor of the day, you know, uh, or the month. All of these tests, necessary, helpful, or part of a larger scheme? Collecting information. I mean... If you have no symptoms, why are you getting an annual mammogram? If you have no history of colon cancer, don't have any problems, why are you getting, why are you putting people to get these done? Because they take samples and they, and your file has been flagged. So when any of you get a call from your insurance that says, hi, I'm calling you on behalf of your insurance company. Remember, keyword, behalf, because legally they have to tell you that they're not really the company, but they're calling on their behalf. These are third-party companies that are calling out to you that pose as pharmaceutical techs or registered nurses on behalf of your insurance, so the script will go. Hi, my name is Jane, and I am a registered nurse calling on behalf of so-and-so insurance company, and it's yours because she has it in front of her. So before we continue, I'd like to verify your information so I can tell you about these new programs. How many of you out there have gotten this phone call, right? And, uh, you know, benefits. All right, so uh, it seems like you might be at risk for diabetes, so we'd like you to go get a retinal exam. But I don't have diabetes. Yeah, but you might be. So we're just encouraging our, you know, uh uh, insurers to just go and get it done. And while you're at it, we'll, we think that you should get a colonoscopy and a mammogram, ma'am, just to make sure you're in great health. And the patient will respond, sure, um, I'll talk to my doctor about it. Don't worry about it. I can call and book the appointment for you. So they're even pushy. Um, and it works because they're collecting all these this data. And they're, uh, it's... um. Uh, there's a main, it, it, uh, the main company is called Allegra, which then has all these other companies that work for all the insurances. Um, they're pushing on our elderly who obviously, you know, when you're 75, 80 years old and, you know, you're, you're, you're vulnerable. And if someone shows interest in your health and promises to help you, you just participate because why would it be bad? Right? But, that's all collecting information to match with the information they had with them earlier that they voluntarily give, which then gives them statistics to then apply it to the new generation, the next generation before them, and then the one before them. So for my generation who are, you know, 80s kids, right, 78 to 88, right, we're talking, all those are now starting to get phone calls from their insurance companies to see, how much better they can do for them. And they're very slight insurances that have actually pushed on that. And it's usually, you know, the big names that have all become one that no one's noticed, right? Humana Blue Cross, Empire Blue Cross, Aetna Blue Cross, they all kind of became one, right? Yep. 
Yep. All of them are starting to uh, extend their hands out to 40s, to people in their 40s and in their late 30s, and asking them to do tests. Again, because we are the first generation that had been, uh, that began getting filed on. Okay? Now, for all my people out there that are 54, okay, and under, before you turn 55, if you have any property in your name, a car, a house, a bond, a 401k plan, anything, you need to sign it over to someone. You don't need to tell them. You got kids, give it to them. You didn't have kids, you weren't blessed with children, that's fine. You know, may have a niece or a nephew. The reason I'm telling you this, you're going to understand later, but please heed my warning to this. You must sign over anything you own that is of value prior to the age of 55. If you hold on to it to 55 and an hour, you're going to lose it if you get into the predicament that I'm going to um, talk about in a bit. Um, like I said, we're being filed from day zero. From the day we are born, we are we have a file. Uh, how much is contributed in, in respects to data is how much information we provide whenever we go to a healthcare provider. So if you go to the hospital and just give your social security number, that's super easy. If you just give your name or write down your nickname, but you have insurance, that can get it a little bit tangled. So you can, they won't be able to have a streamline of information to make it easier for them to connect the dots. Because patient risk scores are built slowly. Now, for our population that is hit 65 and over, I'm sure a lot of you have gotten calls from companies that call on behalf of your insurance company saying how they want to help you pay the cost of medication or treatments, right? Yeah. Actually, a company called My Advocate, you know, that's what they go by and they call on behalf and I have your information from your insurance and I'm here to help you and let's see if you qualify so I can get your Medicare Part B covered by your state. Now, if you're in a financial need and you need help, take the Medicare Part B coverage from your state is okay. Medicaid of your state, like for example, I'm currently in North Dakota, so the state of North Dakota would pay the $104 premium because our, our fixed income, people in retirement, believe it or not, are still paying premiums to have health care, right? That's going to be paid by your state. And your property is nothing to worry about, okay? But here's where it gets even funnier. They're like, well, Answering these questions, sir, I know you own your house and you don't owe anything, but, you know, you only get about $700 a month. Maybe we can get you some extra help. So then you're on full-blown Medicaid. At that point, your property is the state's. State recovery has gone up by 300%. In some states, uh, over 2,000% in the state of Florida, South Carolina, and, and this isn't funny business, guys. This is, you're in need, and you've worked your tushy off for 60 years to pay off a house, and suddenly you're sick, but costs are so high, and for five years you're on Medicaid until you pass, and then once you pass, you know, as a parent myself, you think, I'm leaving this behind. In the end, you leave them nothing, because the state owns your house, your stocks, your bonds, your 401ks. And even your burial insurance, they only give them 2000 Until they sell their house, pay off, 
every single thing that the state has paid on your behalf from the age of 55, not 65, 55. So from the age of 55, your social security number is now a state account number, and they bill everything. Like, you'll see charges for one piece of cotton wool for, like, $50 for cotton wool or a Band-Aid at $20, and I'm not joking. This is ridiculous. But, you know, they're winning on all sides. They're not only taking our money when we die, when we needed help, and our country is supposed to be there because we worked and contributed taxes all this time. They should be there for us. But they're also collecting data to attack and reduce and size up what kind of commodity they want left over. This has been going on since the 50s, testing out who can stand this vaccine, who can stand this disease, who can stand this kind of food, um, who can stand this outbreak. Um, if we give this population, for example, say you yourself went and got stepped on a nail and got a tetanus and you were in cohort, I don't know, five. The next time you go to the doctor and they're uh, checking you out, they, they do whatever test or surgery, they're taking samples to collate with the rest of the cohort number five that took the same vaccine as you to see if there was any changes that you both had. Do you get what my drift about these Easter eggs in vaccinations? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay, so... I'll do it this way. I'm cohort number two. Right. Okay? You're cohort number three. And then Jane Doe is cohort number four. We all step on a nail and we go into the hospital and we have to get a tetanus shot because we stepped on a rusty nail. Right. So, you know, obviously me, I'll blah, blah, nope, I'm only getting straight tetanus. I'm not taking the triple or whatever. Whatever shots we get, we fall into a study group nationwide. The scan of the of the vaccination allocates all your information from as long as you've been on the system for every single doctor you visited, from every single hospital you went to, into group number two, into group number three, group number four, and there's millions of people in each group. Now, what similarities do I in group two have with all the other people in group two? Because we've all received the same vaccine, do we see any trend in something? Like we see with the infertility of men. Uh, okay. Just came out. So they, the study groups are not just, they're so, that's what I'm trying to explain to you guys. Uh. You guys step back, stand on the moon and look down and you're going to see a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer. Your kid, when you take them to get a vaccine has already been allocated to some group that they're studying. Mm. And that group, will maintain. That's why next time they go for a vaccine, they'll make sure to give them a vaccine that correlates to that group. And then all their healthcare records, all their DNA information from telomeres start to finish from a genetic disorders that they may be predisposed to or not. All of those are compiled in one file for your child that's compared to all the other children in that group. And then they wait to see what stands out. Ah, we made progress here. And this is how we reduce population this way. This is how we do this way. This is how we do that. And they put addicts in different groups too. Because 
the the main idea here, follow the money again, <clears throat> yeah, what they're looking for is to make sure that they can figure out what makes us tick. The reward pathways. This is why there's so much research into addiction. Because if you can, you know, find the medicine, the drug, the sound, the the smell, whatever it is that can trigger addiction, then you never lose that commodity to listen to you. It's kind of like if I played a music that you just had to listen to all the time, you'd be in my house all the time, and you couldn't help yourself. And you wouldn't say anything bad about me, and you'd follow my orders just to listen to that music. Do you see where I'm getting at? Well, I do. Okay. okay. So this is, when you say deep state, Deep state looks small. You need to stand back. You need to be on the moon and look down to just how interconnected everything is and just how many layers there are. And people, Obamacare, when it was passed, made all of this stuff legal. All of it. And this is why our president said it's cruel. All right. You got Pelosi, who's who's a wrinkled-up dinosaur. And McCain, who's got a foot out the door, these people behind Obamacare, what do they care? Uh, how, how does it affect them, what you're talking about? They must be thinking, or their handlers, generations down the road. Is that right or no? So, so yes. Uh, just one thing on McCain. Like I said last time, I didn't believe he's got he got brain cancer. In the McCain was very smart for what he did because now any garbage that comes out on him, any dirt, any PizzaGate related stuff that's on the wire for the DNC to get back at him will just be looked at as whiplash. So let's just I wanted to throw that out there. Oh. Very smart guy, and he did it right. That's why he said I'm going home now to get better. He's going home in hiding because it's going to come, and it's a huge wave. But anyway, these people have themselves already won. They've had everything they wanted, a full control. They're not inflicted by anything of this. Uh, you know, none of them were exposed to the supposed Ebola virus or the Zika virus. That's a new one. Um, you know, they don't have to do these things. They don't even get the same health care we get. Right. Kind of like military, our intelligence, I can tell you that for sure. We're not allowed to go anywhere else except for them if we need to be vaccinated or checked up on. So, uh, and not only that, pharmaceuticals is another one where you get your medication also has Easter eggs. And guys, Easter egg is a term that they use in video games when there's like a hidden level or something hidden or a prize or a trap, okay? Usually a prize though. So Easter eggs is what we like to coin them in our chat. Um, they're found everywhere. And they don't get Easter eggs. Even in the pill you take for your blood pressure, you might have an Easter egg. Just fathom that if you can. Because you're just like, so I'm not safe anywhere. You're not. Because, like I said last time, they can hear everything. They can see everything. They know everything. And not only that, they control everything we have. I mean, no one kicked up a fuss when... We saw that Monsanto was bought out by Bayer. Why is a pharmaceutical company involved in ag? Mm. Does nobody ask these questions? It's because they're in there. 
They are doing it through our food. They're doing it through our drugs. And they're doing it through our doctors. And people, if you're over 65 and you get a phone call and um, I just want to show you to what extent how how much money these insurance companies are making, not only are they compiling data that they're selling to government agencies to compile these profiles and um, create the eugenic race, um, you know, the ultimatum of what they want and who they want left. They're selling your information under research, okay? Because this is why they're getting kickbacks from the government and so much support. And the pharmaceutical companies as well, you know, if you're getting this brand or this brand or this generic, um, they're all compiling this information. But there's one thing that you can all do, and that's one thing. You don't have to give this information. You don't have to give information. If they call you and they're like, oh, I just want to do like a healthcare risk assessment, they call you and they're on the phone. Can you raise your hands? Can you touch your toes? Can you crawl? Can you lift an object about five pounds? They ask you, you know, specific, um, how many times past two weeks have you felt down or depressed? Don't answer. You don't have to. It's not mandatory. You... The only person you need to give information like that is to your doctor. You don't need to give the insurance companies any information. And when they tell you that they want to send a nurse for an annual house visit, here's the catch, guys. And I'll tell you, I actually was in court supporting a gentleman because, like I said, I run a, a, for a nonprofit um, for Greek Americans that need help um, because they don't speak the language that well. This guy has worked in our country 67 years, okay? He has great insurance, great union, everything. The guy falls down and breaks his hip. He finishes up, you know, he gets better at the hospital, so he's ready to go home. And the social worker, which are the people that I loathe, guys, I loathe social workers, I'm sorry, because they're the, they're the ones pushing it. The social workers actually told him that we're going to put you in a uh, rehab center. Now, why should he have to go to rehab center when he can have a nurse come and have PT sessions at his house? True. And I'll tell you the reason. Because the year before that and the year before that, annually his insurance would send a nurse to his house to check his blood pressure, reiterate and make sure they have full health history, see if they can offer him programs to help him, and have assessed that his house has steps, that he has a cluttered home, and that it wouldn't be safe for him to go. So he had no choice but to go to rehab, even though his insurance had him entitled to at-home physical therapy. So him opening up the door to this nurse that came to the house, she didn't just take her blood. You won't even see her again. She's a contractor. She took his blood pressure, looked at all his medication bottles and wrote them down, looked at his fridge to see what he eats, and they look at everything. They even take pictures when you're not looking. Like, if you actually see these databases, and I know a lot of you out there that are over 65 have gotten this phone call. I'm pretty sure you need to be aware. They document everything. This is a health check that they say to help you is not helping you. It's helping them gather more information to put on your file. So when you're in the predicament, just like this gentleman, they don't have to do anything. Because they'll say, no, you're going to rehab, sir, and you're going to stay there 
for as long as the doctors say you do. I know we're supposed to cover in-home health, but, you know, your house has steps. And he turned around and said, how do you know? He actually took him to court, and I was there to help justify if the call that they had with him when pushing the nurse was legally done correctly. So the person that called was another agency, didn't identify as a third agency, but identified as his insurance. And then she made it sound as if it was mandatory when it wasn't. So he won the case and sued this um, insurance company and actually got a really pretty penny at his age. Um, the point is, this is how you protect yourself. Nobody needs to know your business. They ask you, your response should be none yet. That's basically it. If it's not something that they need right then and there for your health, done. Another thing I want to tell people is they ask you about religious preferences and supposedly connected to health care, right? Yeah. Uh, this is another file that they're creating, guys. Um, I know well, that they... guns, too. That's another one. Pardon? Guns. Uh, yeah. That's a yeah. question that's been on doctor forms and doctors will ask sometimes, you know, do you have any guns in the home? Yes, not only that, um, but I wanted to tell everyone out there, they are profiling under religious. So I want you guys to picture a pyramid. So we've got healthcare records that are segregated into age records that are segregated into religious records. They just span, span out. There are so many agencies that are doing so much research and compiling so much data for their bottom line to see who needs to remain. I, I, who, who needs to remain or who is allowed to remain? Exactly, but who they need. Oh. They need the, the, the people that don't ask questions, that are strong, that don't get sick, that can deal with insults, right? And then they need those that are more intelligent and less vulnerable physically. So they're, they're looking for uh, worker bees, basically. Thank you. Again, that's how it ties into immigration, how they bring people in and what they give us and what they force us. But again, because I am so upset that none of my filings have, have, have been actually processed by the DOJ, I, stress, I can't stress this enough. If your insurance company ever calls and says, and asks you information, it's none of their business. Their business is to pay your bills, guys. Okay? Pay your bills. It's none of their business to know your doctor's, what you discuss with your doctor, or what your, you, I know we voluntarily give information because unfortunately it's our human nature to think that everyone is just nice and, you know, with good intentions. But guys, I, I need everyone to understand, you need to have your guard up when it comes to this. Don't be giving out information like this. This will harm you, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday it will come back and, 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 and nip it. So be very aware of what information you give. And also, for those of you that are over 65, that now in 2017, your insurance, we know Obamacare has killed you so much and nobody's talking about it can't even keep your doctors every year. You're changing plans because prices are going up. They want more on the premium. You know, I, I want you guys to read that stuff thoroughly and don't trust agents. Uh, sometimes if your state allows you, keep original Medicare. And if you're going to be turning 65 soon, I suggest you get the Plan C. 
by Sorry. the sea? No. My, yeah, no. I was distracted by my great Pyrenees. <laughs> oh. um, yes, he's he's um, in company with me right now because it's super hot outside and he has a lot of fur. Oh, okay, so. Br- bring him on camera if you want. Uh, we, we love dogs. There he is. Oh. <laughs> Huge. Wow. So, yeah, okay. he's, he's, and it's really hot for him, so he's sitting in the office. But, um... What I want you guys to do is get that plan C because that covers the 20% that Medicare doesn't cover. Um, it's very important to get it from day one so that way they can't kick you off. If you don't get it from day one, you can't get it after that or else if you do, it's going to be super high. We're talking two, $300, sometimes upwards to 600 a month. Um, it is worth it to get it right away. Um, but hopefully with what Trump is doing, uh, it won't be necessary because I do know that he's pushing to fix Medicare to actually provide free health care to all of the over 65s as something that we owe, kind of like the VA for us veterans. But um, to that, I'm speculative because that just contributes more data to, to the to the bottom line does does donald trump at this level do you think know what's i mean uh, uh, who in the heck knows what's really going on among the population uh, so, yeah that's 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 a really good question i i think um he was an outsider looking in had access to information that he was privy to or just like you or i are privy to that others aren't and he formulated uh, you know, an opinion. I think once he got into the White House, he just saw how bad it was. I know we had a leak where he said this is just cruel, right? right. Because he knows that it is cruel. What they're doing and how they're doing it. I mean, it won't touch his family because he's a Trump, right? True. But, but he's he actually cares. Remember, he used the word cruel. He didn't say unfair or anything. He said cruel because mm. what is going on in our – it's an invasion of everything. People, when our government sets laws, it sets laws for us to abide in a certain way. We are free from God. We were born and we were free. Correct? Free will. Yes? Right. Yes. All that. I, I am born, I have free will, but my free will and my freedom stops when it imposes on someone else, which is fair to say. You know, I can't act like a toddler and snatch a nice handbag I see some woman wearing because I feel like it, because that's my freedom to go pull it, but I'm imposing her freedom to carry it and own it. So we need to remember we're free. But tell us, can you all see that we've been wearing invisible shackles all these years from day one? Because our government tells us what we're supposed to put inside of us. Our free, how are we free when we're forced to get these vaccinations? Tell me how we're free. When the government is telling me to put a vaccine in my body, how am I free? When did the government become God? Well, they always has been just in different forms, but you're right. Uh, when, when you say that. Yeah, we're not free. Because no. they're telling us what we need to do. You give birth to a baby, they need to put shots in it right away. If you don't, you have CPS called on you. Well, hold on a second. I'm a free person. As a parent, I have dominance over the child that I just birthed to. Why are you dictating what I can put into my child? Why are you dictating? Why are you enforcing it on me? 
I want people to open their eyes. We have to see. Our, we are not free. We have the illusion that we are free. That illusion is has started to crumble through the Obama legacy because we are forced upon. They've, they've not only trampled upon what we do with ourselves and our bodies. I mean, even the freedom to drugs. Okay, war on drugs. I'm not a druggie, but it's your choice. If you want to shoot up all day, it's your choice. Then why not decrim? Okay. Um, okay. Along the same lines, uh, um, and help me understand this. For example, if you smoke cigarettes, they're ten dollars a pack or fifteen, whatever, in New York City. When when what twenty years ago they were three or, or whatever. Why are they? Um, uh, then why not decriminalize, for example, heroin? Let, let let everyone just just go for it. You're useless anyway. You want it's to smoke? Money. Go for it. It's money, but don't forget. Remember, we're the commodity. They're putting these laws because we're their property, and we're killing ourselves. So in order to prevent your property from killing itself and you know its function, you try to remedy that. Yes. Again, we need to stand back on the moon and look down at the bigger picture. But, but okay, and, and help me understand this. But, but if, if somebody's predisposed to being a, a, a heroin addict or a meth addict, why not let them go have at it? Because we want you out of the, we want, we, we don't want you anyway. You, you know what I mean? Or, or am I looking at? I know what you mean, but they need them, they need to control that because if people actually work, 100% free. I, honestly and mathematically, at some point in our timeline, the eugenics project will have happened. Survival of the fittest, right? You you push through. You're a person that's not an addictive personality. You'll live longer and your gene pool will live longer, yes? Oh, yeah. But they're not looking for uh, us to just evolve as human beings, you know, in in, in, in an independent sense of what God gave us. They're looking to control how we evolve. And like I said, follow the money. All the money is going into addiction studies. Because once they figure out how um, we get addicted, what the pathways, the molecular pathways are for addiction, that's it. The game is over. Okay. You don't have to use propaganda anymore. Uh, you know, I'll just play my song in my house and they will all come. And they will do what I say just to listen to my music. Um, you, you need to pay attention to where the research is going. They're conditioning us through other methods while they're buying themselves time to figure out what the best way is to get it going. We are free people by God, and this is why I wholeheartedly support our president, who I, maybe he reads my tweets because I send that out all the time. The government is not God. We have one God. The government isn't God. Right. And this is what they're doing. And Obamacare enforced it. And my, my, my over 65s, please don't give out information. The only person you talk to is your doctor. And I hope and, and I pray that all of you have a doctor that you can trust that looks after you and that doesn't try to meet quotas. I know all of them are on the whole vaccination train, but your mother didn't get it beforehand. And they had things like the plague going around, you know, back then. Uh, they had unsanitary conditions. It was worse living conditions 100 years ago than it is today. And yet we have all these vaccines, even though our hygiene is better. Let's use our six inches between our ears. Let's let's make sure we're more aware and awake. And Okay. Uh, it, it, let me ask this. Is there any... 
one qualifying question that you would recommend if you don't know if you can trust your doctor, perhaps you just got your doctor or whatever, any one or two or three or several qualifying questions that you could ask your doctor that would tell you if you could trust your doctor? Okay, so one question you can ask is, do they know the contents of whatever they're going to give you? That's one thing. Um and whatever medication, new medication they prescribe, and they say, oh, I think this will help your diabetes better than that medication. So let's change it. Your question there should be, well, what's the data behind it? Like, uh, why would it be better? What are the side effects to that one? How is it better to the one that I've been taking for 10 years and not now? Oh, why do I need the pneumonia vaccine? Oh, is it because I'm vulnerable? So, I mean... Do I need it right now? Why am I getting a shingles vaccine? I mean, I had chicken pox when I was a kid. Oh, it's for preventative reasons. Well, what's the information? How long has this been going on? You ask them questions to see if they actually know the answer. Because if they're just like, oh, it's standard. Got it. Stoppers. So they should be able to um, have facts to give back to you, something that's not acceptable nowadays, facts. Uh, they should be able to give you facts. They should be able to tell you why it's better. Um, and we need to just, you know, uh, guys, all we need is prayer right now because uh, we have not realized that um, the war on humanity has begun from the day that we've walked this land. And it's all about control. And um, the closer we get to the end of whatever it is, journey that we have to get back into that kingdom you know we need to be prepared the only thing we can do is pray always always believe that everyone has good intentions but always make sure to protect yourself first protect yourself because there's nothing free in this world again 54 years old sign everything over you own because if you get stuck in a position where you don't have money to pay for your health care in the future they can't come for that house you work hard if you're 65 and over and they're calling you and they're telling you about all these tests you tell them thank you very much but your job is just to pay my bills i'm gonna talk to my doctor about that thank you if they call and ask you questions about medications you take you don't need to answer any questions to anyone at the insurance company that's questions that you discuss with your doctor Make sure that you know what your rights are. Oh, and another thing. If you ever get a bill, my population of over 65, this is something new I'm working on, and you are being bombarded with letters and collections from hospitals because your insurance didn't pay it, even though you were covered, after 90 days, if they haven't submitted the right insurance information, you're not liable to pay for it. So I suggest you get on the horn with your insurance company and say that they're badgering you because then they'll send them a letter to cease and desist. Because the the thing is, like I said, the Obamacare meshed health care and health insurances, and they work together. So either way, they got paid. This is just an extra payment that they're getting, and they're bullying you. Again, it's health care insurance now. Because even if I was your doctor and prescribed you X medication, if your insurance says, oh, we're not going to give them that because that costs us like $500 for a 30-day supply. He's going to try this medication, that medication, and then that. But I'm the doctor. It doesn't matter. We're the insurance. We're not paying. All right. Uh, Let me ask this real quick. On a personal note, my wife was hospitalized for several days 
had emergency surgery. Uh, we we have insurance, not through Obamacare, although how can you tell anymore? But regardless, um, the uh, the stuff the insurance company didn't pay for. Oh my goodness! I mean, uh, I could buy a a, a car that the, uh, the bills were getting. Send it over. If you send it over to me, I'll get that cleared up because you'll be surprised. There's people that deliver babies, and because the husband holds the baby, they charge them a holding fee. Google it. It's real stuff. I'm not kidding. They just add whatever they want up. Really? Uh-huh. Google it. There was a, This guy actually went to the news for it. A holding fee. My wife just had a baby, and I'm holding the baby, and you're charging me a holding fee. Man, so, a- somebody needs a whooping here. So, uh, a whole <laughs> bunch of people need their their, their asses whooped. I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying, it's so entrenched. You can't, sometimes when you, like I said, my father was so wise. Uh, whenever I came to him and, uh, and, and spoke to him with problems I had or predicaments that I couldn't find solutions, spiritual mostly, he would take me on a mountain in Greece to a monastery, which God bless all the nuns there that pray for me every day because I need it. And he would have me look down at his little village in Greece and say, all right, there's your problem. How big is it? I was like, I can't see my problem from here. He goes, exactly. So when you take a step back, it looks really small and you can make more sense of it. And I want everyone to do that. In every single predicament you're in, take a step back. Pretend you're standing on the moon and look down. And then you can see the dots and connect them easier and make sense. If you have insurance and they should pay, then you need to step back, look at the bigger picture. And I know they don't send it in plain English. But feel free to send it to me and I'll take a look. At the end, they'll probably be paying you. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that'd be nice. And actually, I, I, I didn't mean to make this personal, but, but no. I can't be the only one in that position. I, I'm sure others are hurting, I mean, getting thousands upon thousands of dollars exactly. of bills. And they don't know where to start. Right. And it's sad. It's really, really sad. I mean, it's not just... And, and the most hard hit, again, is our people that are on Medicare. They're the, they're the ones hit the most. And that is horrible that you would go for the people that are the most vulnerable and yet most wise, but yet not... They, they believe in goodness. You know... Um, <laughs> Everybody does, and I, I can't. I, I can't even begin to unravel this healthcare charade. But it is an attack, not just on our health and how we are priced as a commodity, from our genetic profile to our date of expiration. Because with one drop of blood, I can tell you how long you are supposed to live, what your genetic age is. You know, they know everything. When you're going to start, when you're going to finish. Uh, this is why insurance companies are a little bit different. If you see to get life insurance and they want a blood sample, walk away. Um, because if, if, you know, you've been profiled, that'll scale up all your insurances from auto to everything. I, I trust me on this. Right? They're all connected. Home, auto, life are actually connected. You'd be like, my yeah. ability, yes. Well, I want to ask you, don't, don't, uh, in order to get that insurance, don't you have to go through the, the test? Um, sometimes, sometimes not. There's insurance companies that just get a lot. You pay them 20 bucks and you get a small amount of 250,000. In the end, you know, if you live 30 years, you've paid a fraction of that and that's something, is the person going to keep up the payments? Are they going to remember who we are? Have we resold their insurance policy? Oh, yeah. That with my father. He had New York, um, MetLife. Mm-hmm. 
and then it was sold to another one. It took us like five years to find his life insurance policy. Oh, yeah, that happens. And then bet on our forgetfulness, just like the Clintons do. My next question would be, um, in cases like that, with the the insurance companies getting involved, wouldn't it? Wouldn't they already have your DNA or or what they needed on file uh, from before or last time you were in there in a procedure to the point where they wouldn't need to do the blood test, or is it just to see how how far you progressed or uh, if anything's changed, or how does that work? Okay, so how it works is a need to know. For those of us that are in the military, know what need to know means, right? It means you can access something because you have the clearance to. So auto insurance, auto insurance, yes. Life insurance and health insurance work together. But your auto insurance can't just go to your health insurance and log on to their system and say, I want to know what Tori's genetic profile is or is she prone to, I don't know, blacking out or anything. But if Tori goes to the auto insurance company or the life insurance company and I want to insure myself, life insurance company, me applying for it, you read the small print, they access information and double check, that gives them the pass of the need to know to access the other databases. Right. There's got to be a chain of command. Interesting. Wow. Okay, we, we've got about nine minutes left here, which th- this has gone to, uh, too fast. Uh, w- we go wherever you need to go. I'm just stunned by this information. Yeah, but we got about what, seven minutes left. Eight seven minutes, minutes okay. I guess. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, um, I just want everyone to know that um, at the end of the day, there's not much we can do to subdue the data, except for I have a wagging tail next to me. It's so distracting. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's just so excited because it's nice and cold here. Um, except for um, trying to prevent that collection as much as we can, okay? Basically, don't provide um, all the data the request. Provide what is legally required. Okay. Um, pretty much, when you go to the hospital, don't give your health insurance information. But, but nothing more. No, 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 nothing. Don't make it easy for them. Yeah, don't give them their... Don't give them... Your um, insurance, your driver's license, because they scan it. Kind of like if you buy cigarettes now, they scan your driver's license, guys. You buy a video game from Target, they scan your driver's license. They, do you know what information is on your driver's license? No. Depending no. on the state, it has social security, health information, oh. dental records. <laughs> and, and just to, to, to your verify what you're saying, too. when we were doing PI work, and I know, Dad, you remember this, we were in. Um, in New York State, I think we were in Syracuse, and this is when they started implementing that policy of mandatory scanning the license, no matter what you bought in the, if you bought any kind of nicotine or alcohol in the stores. And I remember you asked the the cashier, you know, why are you carding me? I'm, I'm, you know, fifty some years old. And they said, well, it's a new law. We have to scan anybody who buys X, Y, or Z. We need to scan their license. And you can and you imagine, walked out. You can imagine my response <laughs> to that. Yeah, uh, you know, go fly a kite and. We'll go somewhere else. But, yeah, they do. I mean, and, and it seems like in every state now, at least where we've been, that's almost the standard um, standard procedure. And this is why I carry my passport with me. You can't stand that. You know, I got that from the DOD, um, you know, issued at an embassy, and I carry my passport around if I want to buy a beer, a pack of cigarettes, uh, an over-15 uh, video game. I do not give out my driver's license 
because then on their database, which is shareable again, circling back to healthcare, circling back, remember, because when you're talking about health, we're not just talking about, oh, heart conditions, lung conditions, we're talking mental health, um, you know, habits. You know, they have all this. You tell the health insurance company or your life insurance, oh, I don't smoke. I used to be a smoker. They already have your ID that you just scanned and bought that pack of cigarettes. So you're, they won't tell you, but when you die, they won't pay because they'll say, oh, you know, and they went to, you know, the mobile and bought a pack of cigarettes with their license. Mm. And this includes like the grocery store shopping club cards too, where they can monitor what you buy and the loyalty um, card. healthy or not, and that information. I mean, that's really the purpose of what you're talking about in all these different databases. We don't seem to see. Yeah, we're slaves. I remember the first time I went to Canada, I felt the creepiest thing ever because they have something called airplane miles. They track everything from your gas, your food, your doctor visits, your pharmacy visits, everything. It's, 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 it's incomprehensible that no one sits and says, I'm not really free. I'm not. We're wearing invisible shackles that we're just, and we're handing over the information for them to enslave our children and their children even more. And, you know, I'm really grateful that we have this president because he is really trying, guys, to break this cycle. He is really trying to rein it in and say, give it back to the people. Rein it in. We don't need all this data. We need to cut off these regulations, these stipulations, these monitors. We need to do it. Um, and he's fighting a really steep uphill battle. We're talking Mount Everest-sized battle, not a hill. It's like more of a, <laughs> a mountain or a CVS receipt. You know, they're really long. Oh, uh, <laughs> so how many CVS receipts does it take to get to the moon? Um, Trump, Trump is really, really trying because uh, as an outsider from D.C., he sees a few things. I mean, in his line of work, he's probably seen everything. Like, well, why are we authorizing the federal government to retain these records of employment from our employees? Oh, yeah, well, if we want this title fund for this building, we're going to have to sign it, which is him giving authorization to provide information. I'm just saying an example. This isn't real. Sure. Sure. This happens. You know, government says, I'll give you a tax deduction if you offer data on your employees so that I know what their work habits are. And you're going to take it because that's money. Sure. And you're like, oh, it's harmless. They're just finding out, you know, how many days of the year they're sick. And, you know, when Snowden came out and people were all shocked, oh, our phones are attached, our cameras. I was like, ah, oh, no, they've been doing that. You just know about it now. And in regards to collecting data to profile us as a commodity, I can't stress it enough. We are a commodity. We are their property. Healthcare is where they hit us. They're dictating what medications we take, how we take them, how we get our healthcare, when that should be up to who? The person that provides the care. The people that provide the care are no longer free to just do that. They're not. They have to abide by these laws or else they lose their licenses or can't practice. They have to. Okay. I, I hate to cut you short, but we only have about 90 seconds left. Uh, this has been phenomenal, but let me ask you the, a closing question. Given which everything that, that you said, is health care, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, will it be, ever be repealed or repealed and replaced in a meaningful way? 
So I think what um, we're going to see is, yes, we're going to see it repealed. Uh, the replacement will be a problem, and I'm just hoping that Trump will be able to undo 25 years of legislation to do it. And I know he can't just do it with the strike of a pen, but I really hope he can. Um, uh, I'm, I hopefully am working on that too. So, you know, I'll put up my fight for whatever paragraph I'm allocated, if allocated, and, you know, we'll, we'll see from there. But as long as we can detach government from health care, that might help. Where can people find you, uh, uh, Tori, on Twitter? Yes, always on Twitter now. Um, I've been using Twitter since it started, and I find it's the, you'll be surprised. I've started research projects with people through tweets. Um, it's a new wave of communication, short, sweet, straight to the point. Um, you can always find me there, and I'm always open to help and ask questions. And um, I hope that I gave enough information for everyone to just formulate their own opinion, not so much take my opinion as fact. Sounds great. We really appreciate your gift of time this evening. Uh, Give your uh, four-legged friend a hug for us. I will. Next time, bring him on camera. It's okay. God bless everyone. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Dr. Tori uh, Lindemann is our guest and and is a fascinating segment, really digging deep into uh, areas of the healthcare and uh, other sectors that intersect through a number of different uh, reasons and ways, the databases being one of the primary ones. Our email exploded with people who just say they love this, love this lady, love her information. We will have her back on, that's for sure. One more, one, one thing though, remember people, the government, the databases might give us an expiration date according to the data. God is in charge. We're going to be right back with Pastor David Langford. Before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the Creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. 
You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman Report. Each and every Wednesday, we are joined by Pastor David Langford from the Voice of Evangelism, and uh, he's been uh, doing a great job, as always, in delivering a, in a timely and an, an informative and important message that hits home. And we've been getting a lot of feedback from the pastor's uh, appearances, and we we want to thank him so much for for joining us, Pastor Langford. It's great to have you back on the show. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um. I thought we might talk about the false prophets that are going to explode here in the time of the end. Okay. Is that something, uh, you know, many people will argue that we've already seen that happen to some degree, but is this something that is going to get even worse as time goes Oh, it's absolutely going to get worse. I mean, we've not even scratched the surface because we all know if we're honest with ourselves, there are few teachers or preachers that are preaching a pure, unadulterated word. I mean, you turn on the television, you turn on the radio, you hardly ever hear a preacher preach the Bible. Now, they're preaching what I call heresy, fallacy, mendacities. They're preaching all of that because that does not feed the souls of men. That does not convict people of their sins. That does not lead people to repentance. You know, I was thinking the other day, you know, I've always had altar calls. Uh, it's just something that you do, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, a preacher should preach and then make an appeal for the lost or pray for the sick and body, whatever the case might be. But there should be altar calls, and no one that I see today hardly ever makes an altar call or makes an invitation to come and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. That is totally missing in the modern church. It's like they'll have, you know, 5,000 and as many as 40,000, and yet you never witness an altar call asking, is there anyone that would like to come and make a public confession, a public confession and a public profession that I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I want to testify I have accepted Him, and He is my Lord, and then live the life that we should live according to the Scriptures. You know, that's another another great fallacy in the church today. People don't know what's wrong, because the preachers aren't telling them what's wrong. You never hear sin mentioned. None. 
Well, when you go to a doctor and you're sick, you want him to diagnose you and tell you what the problem is. Well, in our lives, for the most part, it is a sin problem, and it must be dealt with. Sin is like a cancer. You know, the word cancer, if you look it up in the dictionary, it reads, any evil condition that spreads destructively. And then when you add the word malignancy, that word means tends to produce death. Well, well, sin is nothing but a malignant, cancerous element. And, you know, it's damning, it's destructive, it's, it, it, it hurts all of us. You know, I heard one body, somebody say one time, he said, my sin didn't hurt nobody but me. Well, that's not true. You know, you, well, if you, if you you get drunk, you have a car wreck, kill somebody, you're drinking, killed someone, took their life, or you commit adultery, you're affected that your marriage and another person's marriage. Uh, you're committing fornication, you're you're affecting your life, your parents' life, and then the person whom you're sleeping with. Our sins affect our world. That that's why America is in the such a deplorable, despicable state. You know because nobody wants to talk about the problem. We, we use the term the elephant in the room. Well, the elephant in the church is sin. It's leaven. Galatians 5 and 9, Paul said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Leaven is a fermentation. And when it gets into the dough, the yeast, you, you can't see it, but it's working. You know, if you put enough of it, you can, in bread, you can come back, uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, an hour, and see how much the dough has risen. Uh, what did that? The yeast, the fermentation made it made it larger. And my concern is is that we're not, of course, preaching the things that need to be preached, the things that people need to hear. As I said, if I go to a doctor, I don't want him to tell me what I want to hear. I want him to tell me the truth and how and what must I do to make my my body whole and well again. And so people go to church, uh, but regretfully they're not hearing the truth. And, you know, Peter, Jude, Paul the Apostle, John the Beloved, all of these men, all of these men uh, in their epistles addressed false prophets. Second uh, Timothy, I mean, excuse me, Second Peter 2 and 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And what Peter is saying when he said, but there were, that word, the word were would have, would have been translated arose false prophets among the people. And when something is false, it is spurious. Uh, it's, it, and a person that does that is a, is a false teacher, a false prophet. They are a, a propagator of erroneous doctrine. Anytime anyone is espousing false doctrine, they are a purveyor of that. And that purveyor of whatever that might be will begin to permeate. It will begin to find a, a, a place of lodging, a lodging place, a place of residence in people's lives. And the only thing that can dispel false doctrine is the preaching of the Word of God. And the Word of God is our schematic. You know, all uh, technicians, 
especially electricians, have schematics on, you know, electrical equipment. And they, they know how to diagnose that schematic and read it, whether it's a, a breaker, it's a relay, a diode, transformer, whatever the case might be. They know how to diagnose that because they understand the schematic diagram. Well, the Bible is our schematic. If we'll read the Bible and preachers would preach the Bible, you know, they would see the wrong. So many times I hear people say, well, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Well, whose fault is that? It's the person who said that and whoever they're listening to as a minister. You know, so I use the phrase, I want to preach a balanced dietary program of the Word of God. We, we talk about diet in this era. You know, eating well, drinking well, uh, organic food, beef, etc. That's all great. That's all good, but that's only temporal. The Word of God is eternal. And if we don't preach or teach a pure word, we have nothing to dispel fallacy. You know, the only thing that can spell falsehood is truth. And, you know, and and I'm going to say this tonight. I got an invitation, not as a speaker, but an invitation to a prophecy conference in Denver, Colorado. I think it's next month. And one of the topics was the the, the multidimensional aspect of the rapture. Well, I got news for you. There's not multiple dimensions multiple comings of Christ. Because as I said, you'll hear all of this advocated, but then when you put people's nose to the grindstone or to the book, the Word of God, and say, hey, how do we understand to have multiple raptures, but yet the Bible only teaches two resurrections? I mean, I, I, I got an email just the other day uh, from a guy, I said, well, the, the, you know, you, you, I, he's telling me I don't understand it. You know, Jesus said there are two. You know, what's hard to understand about first and second? You know, there, there's a first and a second base on a baseball diamond. There's a third base, there's the pitcher's mound, there's home plate. What is there not to understand about first and second base? And, of course, Jesus said in Revelation 20 and verse 6, Blessed and holy is he to have part in the first resurrection. Not multidimensional, but first resurrection. Because if you're in the first resurrection, he, he goes on to say that the, the, the power of the second death has no power over you because you receive the glorified body. So there there were so many things that are being taught, but yet people don't have the Bible to back up the, the fallacy. Second uh, Timothy three verses sixteen, seventeen. Paul said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, all of the Bible is God inspired and God breathed. 2 Peter 1.21, For the prophecy came in the old time, not by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible is an amazing book. Uh, it's the only, I hate to use the word religion, because Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High God. There's no other writing, whether it's the Quran or whoever, Shintoism, Buddha, there's no other writing that gives us a plan of salvation and a plan of redemption. And of course, nowhere uh, do they have uh, an advocate, which is Jesus Christ, is our advocate. 
Nowhere do we have anything about a resurrection. Nowhere do we have anything about us being sown in mortality, raised immortal. We're, we're sown in dishonor. We're raised in glory. So much of this is lacking in all these other religions. But the Bible is complete. And, of course, I believe God gave us what he wanted us to have. If he wanted us to have more, we would have had it. You know, people get into the Maccabees. Uh, they get into the book of Enoch, the book of Barnabas. And, and there's no doubt there is some truth in those. But they were not canonized in the Bible and, and made Scripture for us. Now, having said that, we do know that Jude quoted from Enoch. And Jude, verse 14 and Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Well, I, I believe the reason Jude alluded to Enoch, God wanted that said in, 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 the, in the scriptures so that we would know about Enoch, the seventh from Adam, uh, after uh, Enoch was, and he was not for God, took him. Um, so there, 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 there's something there, and of course God gave us what we have, and it's nothing wrong with reading these other books, uh, whether it be for history. You know, most Orthodox Jews just believe the New Testament is only a book of history. It holds no validity at all. They're, they're, they just wholly embrace the Old Testament and not the New Testament because that's the New Covenant, and that's the way uh, to redemption, salvation. John fourteen 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. But Paul, getting back to 2 Timothy three sixteen, he said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed, God inspired, and it's profitable. All the Bible is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, that you and I as Christians, that we might be thoroughly furnished so that we can understand the things of God. Now, that's the great thing about the Bible. Everyone can have a Bible and read it. Now, we, we know Peter said there's no private interpretation. Nobody has a claim, a stake, a corner on God. Nobody can get there. That's, that's not true. Deuteronomy 4, 29 said, When you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. You can have as much of God as you want. You can have as little of God as you want. You know, those that are hungry, Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God will give men and women that seek him spiritual sustenance. He will give men what they need. He sends no one away hungry. He sends no one away thirsty. That's why he said in John six thirty five, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Of course, that's totally spiritual. That is totally a spiritual application. Um, but Jesus, in his fast, the devil was trying to get to his flesh, so he tried to coerce him to turn the stone into bread to satisfy his flesh, his natural manhood. But he wouldn't go there. He, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He was quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. The book of Deuteronomy is known as the book of obedience. Jesus was demonstrating absolute obedience to the Father. And 
I wish we uh, could could do more of that in our own lives. Uh, obedience is, is not easy uh, because there's always that second pause and thought, well, should I or should I not do that or do this? And that's where you give opportunity to Satan. Now, First uh, John 4, 1, John said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit, where it be of God. For many false prophets are going out into the world. Well, what, what's, what's John saying? He's telling us emphatically, don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you read. But try the Spirit. And that word try there means test it. Test it. Well, how do I test it? I measure it by God's Word. You know, um, maybe here in a few weeks we'll, we'll talk about my book. I just got I just got them in yesterday. The New uh, Jerusalem Bride of Mystery of the Church. I hear it so many times, that phrase, the bride, we're the bride, we're the bride. But I say, can you give me Bible for that? Well, no, it's a metaphor. Yeah. And I didn't know you were working on a book, Pastor. Yeah, I just got it finished. It's got over 500 Bible scriptures in it. It, uh, As a matter of fact, I got y'all's in the mail today, you and your dad both. Um, It's got 500 scriptures, about 225 pages, and I go through the Old and New Testament both, and show you nowhere's the church ever referred to as a woman, a female, a virgin, or a bride. Nowhere. It does say this is a great mystery in Ephesians chapter 5. And so when I hear people with an uncanny manner just say, well, we're the bride of Christ, I'm like, well, you know, that's not what my Bible tells me. My Bible tells me something totally opposite to that because we are flesh of his flesh, bone of his bones, Paul said in Ephesians 5 and 30. Uh, Romans 12 and 4, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So, you know, I have a body. I have eyes, nose, ear, fingers, toes, feet. Uh, that All of that makes up my body. But I have many different aspects of my body that makes me function. That's why Christ is the head of the church, his body. That's where the thinking, that's where the reasoning, that's, that's where the, the, the consciousness, the God part, the God consciousness of us, my heart, my, my cardio heart. Um, we, we, we say to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It's not that organ in my chest. It's, it's my soul, my spirit. I, I'm to love God in that manner. And so I hear all sorts of you know, statements made all the time about things like that. And I'm like, well, can somebody, you know, give me some scripture to, to help me understand that? Well, no, it's a metaphor, so just, just believe it because I said it. Well, um, if First uh, Corinthians 12 and 27, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Um, so he's telling us we're, we're, we're a body, Christ's body. And that's a, that's a great mystery. Eve was all of Adam. She was nothing more. She was nothing less. See? And then that's why they were one. She was taken from him. You know, I'm going to say this and... Uh, 
this will really stoke a lot of people. I, I, I probably should stay on my, my subject, but the woman was made for the man. The man was not made for the woman. The woman was made for the man. And so God has this protocol, and, and throughout the scriptures, we see Eve addressed. She's addressed twice in the New Testament. And both times she's addressed, she's addressed as being deceived. Adam, it says, he transgressed, he sinned. Well, yes, she sinned, but her sin came because of deception. Adam's sin did not come because of deception. His came through absolute, pure transgression. And there's a difference, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've said this, and I don't mean to be offensive here, but obviously Satan was able to see a type of weakness in her because he didn't go to Adam, he went to the woman. He went to her. And so Jesus said in uh, Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why do we have so many problems in the church? Because what we're witnessing as the church today, that's not what Christ is building. That's what men are building. And that's why we look at the church today and we say, my God, it's weak, it's anemic, it's full of sin, it's full of pride, it's full of lust, it's full of greed, it's full of drunkenness. You know, uh, there was a young lady, uh, I saw a clip from a YouTube video two weeks ago, I believe it was, she's a young black girl, went to church, and if I remember correctly, she had a vision or she had a dream, and God said, you're going to hell for committing fornication. Now, you'd never hear that said in today's modern pulpit. You're going to hell because of your sin. That's too crass. That's too blatant. That's too in your face. So we're just not going to address that. And she said, I was going to church. And she said, every Saturday night, I was, I was sleeping with another dude. I mean, she's just plain. But this, this, this encounter with God and him telling her, you're going to burn in hell for what you're doing. Boy, she stopped immediately. And I've often said this. If all of us could either get a glimpse of hell or a glimpse of heaven, that'd be no problem in living right. There'd be none. If you saw either one of them, heaven in all of its grandeur and glory, or hell in all of its torment, pain, and suffering, it wouldn't be hard to serve God. You know, the rich man uh, in, in Luke 16, um, he said, I, he told Father Abraham, he said, I've got five brothers who don't know anything about salvation, redemption, Christ. He said, raise me from the dead, or Lazarus, and let him go back and tell them hell is real. And Father Abraham said, if they will not believe Moses and the prophets, they won't believe one, though he be raised from the dead. And so, it, you know, it's an amazing thing, preaching. Um, God chose preaching to save people. Now, it, it, it's amazing about a preacher to stand up there and and to preach. Uh, you know, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And a man would preach that. And then there are those who will scoff that, say, I don't believe that. But in 1 Corinthians 1 and 21, Paul said, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So, if from God's own words, 
fool, preaching is, a, is kind of a foolish thing. But here's what he went on to say in verse 25, 1 Corinthians 1, 25. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So if God could be foolish, which he is not, but if God could be foolish, his foolishness would be greater than the greatest wisdom in all the earth. And his most weakest, if he could be weak, he's not. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent. He's everywhere. But if he could be weak, his weakness is stronger than anyone, any government, any institution, because he is God. And, and you know, that, that, that shuts the door. That closes the door on anyone and everything. See? And, and, and so, as we... Witness the end times. The scriptures are clear. Matthew twenty four, eleven, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So you've got the word many in that verse two times. What do you have? Many false prophets and many will be deceived. It's not a few false prophets, it's not a few people being deceived. As a matter of fact, there's going to be more people lost than there will be saved. You know, I, I marvel at the percentage they will give about the Christianity in America. You know, I heard a guy the other day taking God's name in vain, and he shacks up, you know, and he, I'm a Christian, he said. And I just stood there. You know, I knew there was no need to try to, to counter him or even witness to him with his attitude. But I walked out and I thought, man, that's the problem. You're not the kind of Christian I am. I live right. I don't take God's name in vain. I don't use all these four-letter words to express myself. I've had a, I have a little bit better vocabulary that I don't have to rely on four-letter words to express myself. But he said emphatically he was a Christian. This is the kind of Christianity that we're witnessing today. You know, you, you ask Nancy Pelosi, she'll tell you I'm a Christian. You know, ask any of them. They'll tell you emphatically, I am a Christian. But where's the fruit of Christ in their lives? Where's the manifestation of the Spirit of God and the works of God? I mean, here's a lady that embraces abortion. Hillary Clinton. Happily you know, embraces it. I mean, she celebrates it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hillary Clinton said she was going to uh, get a bit more into her religion. She's a Methodist. Uh, she probably doesn't even know what the word Methodist means. They were called Methodist because of the method they used in ministry. And that's where that term came from. As a, he's a Methodist. She's a Methodist. But here, she believes in abortion. And you think Hillary would tell a lie? <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is the same the Hillary who joked about sacrificing a chicken to Moloch in her backyard. I forgot about that. So, you know, when these people say they're Christians, uh, when Pelosi said her favorite word is the word, uh, yeah. and then they turn around and promote abortion and basically say, you know, if you're against the, the slaughter of, of babies, then you are, you know, against women's reproductive health rights with one side of their mouth and turn around and say they're Christian, it's, it's really disingenuous. Well, that's the problem. You know, when Paul in 2 Corinthians 6.14, when he said, be ye not unequal together with unbelievers. 
For what fellowship with righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? Now, I may make some people mad, but see, I'm not to have any fellowship with people like that. Then the rhetorical statement is, well, they're sinners. That's not what they say they are. They say they're Christians. So if they're Christian, then they don't believe in the Christianity and the Scriptures as I believe. So if I embrace them, I am unequally yoked with them. Uh, it's like putting a horse and an ox in a harness and say, let's see how well they pull together. you got chaos. So you cannot be unequally yoked. And this is when people today don't understand Christianity. Why does he say in Revelation 18:4, come out of her, my people? Why? Because you're unequally yoked. You're listening to the false prophets. You're listening to the false teachers. You know, oh, just love everybody. I believe in love. But love says to reprove and to rebuke and to exhort and to preach uncompromisingly. See, love, you're dead because he loved you. He had to discipline you at times. Yeah, and it's true. It, it hurts the parent more than it does the child. You don't believe that when you're the child. But when, once you become the parent and you have to meet out the discipline, it does hurt the parent. It breaks their heart. Well, it breaks God's heart that he has to discipline us. He has to scourge us. He has to chasten us. But he does that because he loves us. And, you know, in, in uh, uh, Hebrews 12, 6, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth. And that word scourgeth in the Greek means to whip as in flogging you. Every son whom he receiveth, every son that, or person that accepts Christ and they become a daughter or a son of God, and he loves you, he will chasten you, he will scourge you, Paul said. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? In other words, who's ever had a son... What dad has ever had a son and didn't discipline his son? I mean, I had two boys, and I've given them many whippings, many times, and grounded them and all, done all sorts of things. But here, let, let me go on. Uh, Hebrews 12 and 8. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. See, we have a bastardized Christianity. Why? Well, if God's going to chasten me and whip me and scourge me, I don't want anything to do with it. So you want to be undisciplined. You want to be like a wild ass. You don't want anybody telling you how you ought to live, how you should walk with God. You see, God sets the rules. When I came to Christ, I didn't make up the rules. I, I, I read the Bible. I know what the rules are. See? But we, we live in a day, and I'm, this is a hard statement, but we have a lot of spiritual bastards in the church because they won't accept what God lays down as the law. You know, there, there comes a time as a parent, you know, you have to, first of all, you'll threaten a child. You know, you do that again, I'm going to wear you out. Don't let me catch you doing that again. Don't let me catch you going there again. Why do you warn? Well, you're trying to delay or put off the inevitable. But out of love, you warn. To give them an opportunity to maybe grow up, wise up, see it for what it is, and oftentimes, because Solomon said foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, uh, you're, you're going to get foolish deeds and actions from a child. But it is the twig is bent, so grows the tree. 
And if that child does not get the right discipline, now today, you know, you're warping their psyche. Uh, you know, I, I just saw the news uh, where some lady, you know, she killed all three of her children uh, because she wanted more time with her husband. And the other part of that was she wanted her husband to feel hurt by them being killed. Well, that's, that's a sick crazy. person. Yeah. You know, that, that, that that's a demon-possessed person that would strategize mentally that against their own their own flesh and blood. And there, there, there's a greater attachment versus the mother and the father. I've said this so many times, when the baby cries at night, dad will sleep right through it. Mama will get up, go in there, do what's got to be done, come back, get in the bed. Dad ain't even missed mama getting up. Why? He doesn't have that maternal instinct. It's just not there. She'll hear that faint cry. Standing in the yard, if the house is on fire, that mama will run in there to save that baby, and dad will stand there and say, you can't do that. But she'll run in there and risk her life. Just like a chicken in a, in a forest fire, a wild, wild chicken. The mother will put those chicks under her wings and, and brood over them and squat, and she'll be killed. Those little ones will come crawling out after the fire's over with. See, there's there's something that God puts in women to be go way way further in protecting. You know, sometimes they overprotect when the child needs some discipline, and and you know they, they don't get what they need. But but that's the nature, you know. But Paul said there in uh, Hebrews twelve and, and eight. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So no no child enjoys chastening, but the father meted out the chastening because it was needful. But because he meted out the chastening, it was profitable for the child. Well, God does that for us that because he is the father of spirits. He's talking about your soul and your spirit here, which is eternal that you'll have eternal life. So if, if you, as a Christian, need chastening, the Lord will chastise you. He will chasten you. And and it's hard sometimes to understand the difference if we're being chastened, or is it the devil? And the reason I say that was because God was not chastising Job. But Job went through a plethora of suffering. Now, what about the psalmist David? Oh, he got chastised. He got chastised profusely. God told him, because you failed to repent of your own volition. Nathan had to go to him and indict him. He, his sword will never leave your house. And his whole house and his children, they're, they're, regretfully their lives were, 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 were chaos. Absalom uh, 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 slew Adonijah. Uh, uh, Adonijah raped Tamar. 
uh, Absalom uh, raped David's wives on the roof of his house where everyone could witness it. I mean, it, there's just so much. Uh, and of course, uh, Joab killed uh, Absalom. There, there's just so much. And when you look at David, you know, and when he said in Psalms 119, verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Then he says in verse 71, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. He understood where this was coming from, because as a man, the enemy could not defeat him. I mean, from the time he was a child, wrestling with a lion, wrestling with a bear, slaying Goliath, he went out every battle he won. He didn't lose, but he committed adultery. He had one of his soldiers murdered. And so God chastened him. And the chastisement was, was, was grievous. It was, it, was, it, was, it was hard. But to whom much is given, much is required. You know, a, a lot of immature Christians covet position, authority, uh, you know, wish I had what you have, wish I had a radio program or, or this or whatever. Uh, it, what goes along with that, the, it's like a funnel. The closer you get to God, and the more longitude, the more latitude God gives a person, the more narrow the way becomes. As far as we know, Moses only committed one sin when he smote the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And Elohim told him, said, I'll let you see the promised land, but you're not going in. And that was a type of chastisement. You're not, you're not going to get, you're not going to, I'm going to let you see it, but you will not be able to inherit it. Why? Because sin is so grievous. Hebrews 3.17 says, But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them who had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? He led them around for 40 years in a place the size of the state of Texas, and they couldn't find their way out. Why? They murmured, and they complained, and they bickered, and they grumbled. And then you had, in the midst of all this, you had false prophets. You had Korah, Dathan. You had those who rose up and said, you're not the only one God's speaking to. Moses, God speaks to us. And, of course, Moses, uh, Numbers 12, 3, said he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. He'd fall down, prostrate himself, and plead for God's mercy. You know, God said, I'll kill every one of them, Moses, and I'll raise up another nation through your loins. And Moses reminded God, he said, hey, Lord, you made a covenant with a man called Abraham. If you don't come through and follow through now, what's the world, Egypt? What, what are they going to say about it? this God that we serve. And it's amazing that a man can get so close to God, he can talk to God in that manner, even in uh, Numbers 30, chapter 32, God said, I'm going to kill them all, I'm going to blot them out of the book of life, and Moses said, well, if you blot them out, blot me out. I mean, Moses was not afraid to share his heart with God, but he, you know, he met with God as a friend meeteth with a friend, the Bible said. There was a very close, intimate relationship there. You know, and again, that's of God's choosing. You know, Moses uh, spent 40 years in Pharaoh's courts. He then spent 40 years in the wilderness. And then he spent the last 40 years doing the work of God. You know, and, and, and so God uh, allocates our time as he wills, and, and where he wills, our 
Uh, even, even our habitation. Even, even where God wants us living. God, in His sovereignty, He, he dictates the boundaries. And he, and he set those boundaries, and He ordained those boundaries for Moses. That there'd be three dimensions, or three three phases of His life. Three 40-year stages, or phases, however you want to term it. Uh, Acts seventeen twenty six and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God, that's why David said, uh, we spend our years as a tale that is told, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. That's Psalms 90 and 9 and verse, and verse 12. So David understood that God says our days are numbered or and we should number them and realize how how short life is but Paul as he's preaching to the group at Athens he says God has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that word habitation in the Greek literally means your residence where you're going to live and um in his sovereignty, he, he puts us where he wants us to be. Uh, some of us have moved. Some of us have not moved. Uh, and, and you'll know when you're supposed to, uh, if, you, if you feel like you need to leave a, a certain place. You see, God can take care of his people anywhere. You know, uh, that was one of the, the cynical things of, of, of Egypt. As they witnessed God's powers, they witnessed God's grace, as they witnessed God... Uh, as he did so many things, uh, opened the Red Sea, uh, 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 quail, he fed them with quail. Uh, every every day but the Sabbath, manna fell from heaven. And then in Israel's rebellion, they said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Can God actually do that? I mean, it, it, was, it, it was phenomenal to witness the... Uh, the cynicism. Uh, how, how could they say that? See? Uh, David in Psalm 78, uh, verses 18 and 19, and they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yet they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? You know? Can he do this? He can do anything. He can do anything. But... They had become so indifferent, and that's see that's the the nature of of, of, of a man without God. A, a man without God is always going against God's will, God's plan for his life. You know, uh, I was preaching some years ago, and I got into the part of the message, and I was talking about how people have wasted years, and this is for someone listening tonight. You've wasted a lot of years. But God is a God of redemption. Ephesians 5 and 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And I was preaching, and there was a, my, my piano player's daughter was there that Sunday. And the girl could absolutely play a piano and could sing powerfully. But uh, ruined her life, uh, married, divorced, just all sorts of junk, garbage, 
And after the message that morning, she came right straight to me, and she said, were you preaching at me? I said, if the Word of God spoke to you, so be it. Well, the guilt was what was eating her up. But the point was, too many people have wasted years. They've wasted time. They, they've wasted their lives. Uh, one fellow said, I'd rather burn up for God than rust out for the devil. You know, uh, I want to spend my years serving Christ, trying to effect my generation. Every, every God-called preacher is called to effect his generation. See, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say this the correct way, but I, I worry, I worry about the, the, the preachers that are coming up. I, I worry because I see such little pure Bible preaching. I see such little preaching on repentance, justification, sanctification, the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I see so little of, 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 of holding fast, as Solomon said, to the old ancient, the old ancient landmarks. Uh, they would make landmarks by stone. A man, you know, cut off a piece of property, they'd put stones down. Uh, I'm sure some of you listening, they've still got stones on your property that may be a, a, an iron pin uh, driven in the ground, but they marked it by stones. Well, Solomon said, don't move the ancient landmarks. That's how they would steal land. They would move, they would move those stones. But uh, Acts 13 and 36, David, or Peter's talking about David. He said, for David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Didn't see corruption, but David did. But my point is, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. So, you know, we're all called in different capacities. Uh, and you serve in that capacity. That's why you, when you study the body of Christ, we all have different roles and different functions. It's the same spirit, Paul said, the administration. The Holy Ghost is the administrator. He, he tells Joe, do this. Doug, do this. David, do this. But we're, we're doing it, you know. Uh, it's like somebody building a house. You know, you have one quote-unquote contractor, but then you have subcontractors. Well, Christ is the chief architect. And a building a house, you've got plumbers, you've got electricians, you've got framers, you've got roofers, HVAC guys. I mean, you've got people that landscape. I mean, it's just so much there. Well, they're all, call them subs, because they're subcontractors. But they work together in harmony and at the end of the day, you have a finished product. Why? Because that general contractor has oversaw that. And, of course, when it's finished, you know, people oftentimes look at the, the, the house and how beautiful it is, and they give all the accolades to the house. That's not where it belongs. It belongs to the builder. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3. Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man, talking about Jesus, was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, 
and as much as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. So the glory, that's why the glory goes to Christ. He's the chief architect. He's building his church. And we are, for a better lack of terms, our subcontractors. He's the head, and we're doing what he tells us to do. Our, the members of our body, you know, uh, your feet take you to the dinner table. Your hands turn up the drink. The fork, the spoon, the knife. Uh, your your mouth chews, assimilates, goes into the system. The organs then they do their part. Uh, but if 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 the feed says I'm not going to the table today, you got a problem. <laughs> you know, or you get to the table, you say, man, is this a good looking spread? And your hands say, I'm not going to grab that biscuit. I'm not grabbing that gravy. I'm not grabbing that. I, I ain't going to do it. I'm not getting that big old piece of chocolate cake. You'd be mad at yourself because your hand wasn't doing what you told it to do. And you say, well, that's kind of silly. That's kind of stupid analogy. And that, that, that's exactly the analogy of Christ being the head of the church and the church is his body. We are to do what the head tells the body to do. See, before I ever get up to go get a... Uh, I got rebuked for this a while back, Doug, uh, R.C. Some guy wrote me and said, you're killing yourself. I know I smoke cigarettes, but you're killing yourself with RC. And I said, it's really a joke, guys. But <laughs> I got chastised for that. But the point is, I my head gives consent to go do those things. And then I my body gets the, the satisfaction, um, the, the strength, the, the, the nourishment that I need by, by eating, etc. cetera. Uh, so the body is so important. And that's why the devil it sends false messengers, false prophets, and he's messing up the body of Christ. That, that's why all of these prosperity preachers are takers. They're not givers. You know, there's a guy here in uh, North Carolina, Todd Coons. Uh, the IRS and the uh, Secret Service and U.S. Treasury is going after him. But all your big boys, Benny Hinn, Rod Parks, all these guys have had this guy on their program. We're shunning him like a, you know, uh, a dog that's got rabies right now. Why? Because he's in our part of the country. He's on the news for all the stuff he did. But see, I call these cookie-cutter preachers because they all say the same thing. They all do the same thing. They're all trying to solicit money. Well, they're, they're false prophets. They're false teachers. See? How, how, how can... God's word be true when God said the poor you have with you always, and they say God wants everyone to be rich. Well, who's right? That man or that woman on television or the word of God? See, that was that was the that was the contention uh, when the woman broke the alabaster box and uh, and anointed Jesus' feet, and uh, it was Judas. You know, uh, he said. Why was this not sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? See, Jesus said, for the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. So if if they're telling you that God wants us all to be rich, what are they going to do with the words of Christ? For the poor always you have with you, 
In other words, you're always going to have poor people in your midst. Why do you think the book of James uh, addresses widows, orphans, that we're to help those that have need? You see, when, at the end of the day, when you, when you, as I said, when you reconcile the Scriptures and you say, God, help me to understand. Well, when I hear a person say that, I, the, the first I've said the Scripture comes to my mind there in John chapter 12, verse 8 is, the poor you have with you always. So I know when they say God wants all of us to be rich, that's a lie. Because Jesus would not have said you're going to have poor people with you all the time. James, uh, Paul, uh, these other apostles would not have admonished receiving offerings and giving to the needy. Agabus, in the book of Acts, stood up and prophesied there's going to be a great famine, a great dearth in the earth at that particular time, and told the, the, the saints, go gather food. Uh, and because the time is coming when we're going to have to help each other, see? And uh, so God would, if, if everybody was rich, there wouldn't be these type of solicitations in the Scriptures. So we have to rightly divide the Scriptures. We have to understand the Scriptures. But if you don't know the Scriptures, then when people make statements, you know, it doesn't take me long to listen to somebody uh, teaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it, exegeting, uh, and I, I can tell you real quick whether they're on target or not because of having a reasonable understanding of the Scriptures. See? And shouldn't that apply to most Christians, uh, Pastor? Absolutely. <laughs> That's why so many, quote-unquote, Christians get duped. They get duped. They get deceived. And I'll tell you why. That same spirit that is on television appealing to them for money bears witness with their own spirit so it, it's almost like a gamble but see that 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 uh, person on television soliciting that they are in bondage themselves and so they are bearing witness to the person watching because they are in bondage and they think hey if I do that I'm going to get this and this chapter uh, 2 Peter, where I started tonight, verse 19, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. So those people on television, they promised liberty, they promised prosperity, they promised you name it, they promised it. But, but Peter said they themselves are the servants of corruption. And then he says, so for who a man is overcome. They overcome the listener. They overcome the viewer with their enticing words. And they're brought into the same bondage as the man that's making the solicitation. And that's why I said it bears witness. You've got a person sitting on a couch that's covetous. And the person making the appeal is covetous. And so they get a witness. But they give it, and it's, it's squandered in cars. This guy had bought Maseratis, a million half dollar townhouse or apartment. I mean, it just four hundred thousand dollars in restaurant receipts, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in suits of clothes, uh, hundreds of tickets being charged to theaters. Uh, and you know who's paying for it? The poor soul sitting on the couch hoping to hit the spiritual lottery. And you know, 
and another time it's all but gone. God will only give you what you, he, can, he can trust you with. You know, you remember the Good guy point. in Virginia that won the lottery? He was in his 50s, uh, and he gave a lot of money away to churches. Uh, but, but, but look at him today. Homes destroyed, marriages destroyed. Uh, it's just crazy. What he, he couldn't handle it. He could not handle the prosperity. Why would God give you something that would ultimately destroy you? You don't give a 16-year-old child, you know, a gun and say, here, just go out here in the backyard and play with it. You better know that that child understands the responsibility of wielding a gun. Or you may hear a gunshot, you don't hear someone come in the house after an hour. You know, we have to be responsible. And so at the end of the day, these false prophets, these false teachers are really irresponsible because they don't care about the people's souls. You know, call them, write them, ask them to help you with your power bill, or your telephone bill, or whatever. And they always have the pat statement is, we've already allocated our finances for this year. You have? How can you do that when you don't know what's coming in if you're living by faith? How do you, how do, you do that? Yeah. You see, that's because they're, they're not living by faith. See, that's, that's just an excuse. So I hope people will really be sober. Let me let me encourage everyone tonight to, to pray for Donald Trump. There's a lot of rumor, a lot of innuendos you both well know. A lot going on, and uh, we just need to keep him covered in the blood. The man has never been initiated in any institution, any any of these, you know, council on foreign relations, none of these things. And so they they want to they want they want to destroy the man. And uh, I believe he's here for a purpose. I want to encourage everyone to uh, to pray for him. Well, amen, Pastor, and, and you're right. He is um, an outsider, and they it seems like the the attacks have slowed down. But um, in some regards, in other areas, they're they're you know really trying to ramp it up. And you know we need to to continue to not only pray for our country and and the leaders, uh, but the people because we see you know such uh, differences and division in much of the population, and that needs to I'm, to be fixed as well. I'm looking for another event. In the very near future, I don't know what it will be yet. I've been praying, asking God if He can show me, help me. But uh, we, we've not escaped anything. But there's there's coming another event, a catastrophic event. Uh, time will, will tell. But uh, just because Trump is in, we've not dodged the bullet. There's still something coming because the church is, has not turned and fully repented and acknowledged God in all of its ways. And we we need to keep seeking the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Langford, so much for, for coming on tonight and uh, each and every Wednesday night that you come on. It's always uh, very interesting and very important and very timely. And I know that your message uh, has, has reached many there uh, out there listening, and we want to thank you for that. Pastor, thevoiceofevangelism.com, check out his radio show. Uh, you can hear on, on Blog Talk Radio. Just search for The Voice of Evangelism, and you can get all the information there. Pastor, you have a great week, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. God bless you and the listeners tonight. Have a good week. Bye-bye. God bless you, too. Well, that will do it for us tonight, folks. Uh, if you joined us late, we had Dr. Tori Lindemann on from 730 to 9. We covered a lot of important health care information and areas of health care where people usually don't think or talk about uh, in those regards and the interconnectedness of these computerized medical records through databases and how important that is uh, in today's health care industry. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for joining us tonight. Don't forget, if you get a chance, check out the Doug Hagman show nine uh, nine a.m. or the Hagman Daily Show 
with uh, myself and John and send us some feedback. If you like the show and if you do like the show, spread the words about the show and we really appreciate that. We'll be back here tomorrow. Until then, have a great evening.